Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash radio, and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. on a lot and we can talk about a lot but like merry christmas yeah hey. everybody happy holidays and a happy new year fucking happy new year yeah fuck your forbidden fruit and your tide pods and happy thanksgiving <laughs> i think we i think we missed thanksgiving too we did happy yes i think we missed yeah. our thanksgiving as well happy yeah. halloween <laughs> all, what, all what, of no, the above we re-recorded after canadian okay. thanksgiving did we all right yes that was 106. Yeah, we got that. We we got to vicariously live through before we talked about how we wouldn't hopefully be. Able, I don't know. It's it was we it were, was nice. It was nice we to enjoy dr- anything that was non-American for a change. We were dreading mm. we were dreading our Thanksgiving, so we had to yeah. experience it vicariously yeah. through you, sir. Right. But yeah, fuck your racist Sega memes. Fuck your like laundry detergent dessert. Um, laundry dessert. Um, I want to talk to you. guys I can't about, believe that's uh, a thing for real. A dude, it shouldn't be. It, it won't no, be for much longer. It's, it, you know, okay, because, like, like, memes are no longer, like, now they're just becoming, like, really toxic satire. Or like, they're self-aware. Like, they're, they're just super, yeah. <laughs> like, Literally toxic. I, I, yeah. At some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I don't know, man. It went from, like, a Zootopia pro-life comic to, like, a fucking, I, dude, just a wild ride. Just every like this whole month. This month has felt like, like the long. Like it's just felt longer than the year 2017 itself. Like everybody makes that joke that like January is the Monday of the year, and it just fucking kind of is. But like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's bad, man. But no, I want to talk about my very first trip to an IKEA before we get this started. <clears throat> because let me fucking tell you <laughs> about this. It was a hellscape, you guys. It was a fucking like everything about it is wrong and to anyone and everyone that's been like challenging me on it or like is getting their keyboard or something ready to like bring up to me in some capacity like get the fuck over yourself for like two minutes and give me my soapbox because this fucking store is a nightmare it smells like wet meat fart like the di- like I, granted like that's I'll, the I'll say right now it is and I may not be the most objective in in that regard because of my diet and how I've lived my life, but let me tell you, I've been, dude, I've I've unfortunately had to put myself around the likes of like fucking Dickie's barbecue pit, like a roach coach, like I've I've probably been near slaughterhouses that smell better than this fucking nightmare of of an aroma 
that that like just pollutes ikea but then like going into it the moment you like go like once you step too far in it's like the fucking lost woods of any zelda game that you can imagine like you don't know going left just makes you come fucking back from like north and there's like three exits but they're all in a corner and it's like the whole store is a fire hazard there's an upstairs to what fucking downstairs no one no one knows where anything is. They kind of like follow a line, kind of like when you're a fucking rat in a maze and you just got to try to find a piece of cheese. It's awful. But I think my least favorite thing out of all of that is how like you can't find a single employee that's just like there and ready to fucking like do something of some helpful regard. Like I swear to God, they fucking pull a toy story and they like the moment you're looking, <laughs> they, they go, they, limp, turn- they disappear. They turn into the furniture somehow. Like, <laughs> I, I, I turned. I turned into a chair. Hopefully well, I mean, yeah. Are, are they? Uh, are they're um, dressed in blue and yellow, right? Yeah, yellow, uh, yellow, they, and they, then yeah, that's they, camouflage. They is what be. it is. That's what it is, dude. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. It's so bad though. Yeah. And like, you know, building IKEA furniture isn't. It's a little like irksome only because like they we we youtube some dude like we we nicknamed or i didn't nickname him my girlfriend nicknamed him youtube grandpa or no not youtube grandpa ikea grandpa um yeah dude that whole thing was just another fucking experience because they don't label anything literally they just put a very detailed illustration like like almost to the effect of a fucking hieroglyphic and they're just like yeah this kind of goes here and that's and that's what it, but it's nice we have a we have a real bedroom again um uh we've got extra shelving and i never ever want to set foot in that fucking store again i would I imagine want... i would imagine that like you're going to set up their furniture they have like weird tools and, and drill bits that don't exist in america or like anywhere like kind of like, like in European like countries, they have like the outlets are different than what they are in America. Everything's so like got an umlaut in it, yeah. Yeah, they so have the, something like, close to that. They have like a weird Allen wrench that I've never, yeah, ever, yeah, yeah like, it, like like uh, you get to use a drill bit that's like a trapezoid for some reason. You're like, what the fuck? What's this fit? Yeah, no, it's like <laughs> a. Trapezoids. It's it's not even hexagonal. It's like fucking like dihexahedral or some stupid shit. It's such. Oh, it looks like crunch. a D20 going into it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, a D100. Fuck it. Let's just like okay. How do you insert this into this? Just punch it in there. I don't know. Just, just you whatever. insert it in. Roll. Okay, twelve. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you, oh, you, you, you rolled one, it just falls like, apart. Like, we can never take this apart now. <laughs> you partially succeeded in putting this together. Yeah. Crit, crit, you voided the warranty. We can't, like, we're stuck. We just spent $100 yeah. on fucking Critic- paperweight now. Critical yes. fail, it, ex- it, it exploded. Oh, just burst into dude. flame. Like- no, uh, I mean, the furniture's been great. I like the dresser, and I like the nightstands that we got. Um, I will just never set foot in that store again. I'd rather that- order online. Well, that's a cost that you pay. Like it's 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 affordable and it's decent, but like at what cost? You know, <laughs> I I almost had a you panic have, attack. You have to, you I'm have not to kidding, dude. You have to suffer to get that kind of quality. It was you're greeted by this awful. like ancient looking old man. He's like, at what cost? And he vanishes in because a like okay, like you go into any normal ass department store, you can just cut through. You yeah. can't there. There's fucking walls, and then yeah. there's the all oh, they all look the same. And Are you then sure they, you weren't. Are you, were you just at a butcher shop, maybe? Maybe you actually I were, like, do. at a slaughterhouse. <laughs> it you just didn't realize bad. it. 
It was so fucking bad. And like there's Turn the corner one of bathroom bunch of chickens, and like... one emergency mm-hmm. exit. Like the whole time I'm just like, all right, if there were to be some sort of apocalypse of some kind or like giant like fucking human disaster of the zombie or infected variety, that would be an excellent place to like fucking set up like shop in. Oh, you could beat the shit like, out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, dude, it was just, guys, I don't give a shit, like, how much you love Ikea. I love the products. I will never set foot, ever. And I highly recommend against you ever even, yeah, like, just, just one one out of five. It was just buy awful. them, buy, yeah, just online, online, guys. They actually, they just opened an Ikea here in Halifax, and don't we've been it, meaning sir. to go. I'll get homework go go do it please tell me i'm out of my mind i respect you might, your opinion i mean you but like back. it was awful it, it's like how some people go to a GameStop and they're like my GameStop is shit and you go to your local one you're like well the guys are decent and they know what they're fucking talking about right like i don't know i wish i wish there was Could service be. that i can complain about but there isn't because there was no one there there's hardly anyone there i think and, the only they, way the only way they can make ikea great would be as if it was in canada or maybe norway like, I, that's only two places where it might be Norwegian actually Norwegian IKEA. Yeah. Yes. Isn't is that isn't is that what it is? Or is it's it so funny because Swedish. I had like I had oh, an Swedish. IKEA apologist. Oh, God, I fucked up all that. <laughs> yeah, they're Swedish. Uh, they, it's a they. I had an IKEA apologist argue with me, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's because it's employee policy for them not to disturb the customers." What the? When they, what do they do? What the fuck do they do? It, they just clock in and then like actively. Fucking Navy SEALs like serpentine their way around the clientele. Like, they're like what? the they're like the watchers in Super Mario Galaxy. They're yeah, like off dude. in the corner staring at you. I want you, you to sit in this them. chair so I can see what it looks like when someone's sitting in this chair. Yes. You model all this furniture for me now. They're all scientists. I I, did, did they're getting scientific readings. Is, like the thing because the original Fuck dresser the that we were going for turned out to be a lot smaller in person and was not going to fit our needs. So we had to readjust like, okay, I'm going to have to spend a little bit more and buy a new dresser. And like, just to find, we ended up having to go into the defect area. And then like, when I found out I wasn't allowed behind the ropes, which, you know, uh. I guess ropes were a clear signal, but fuck it. Like I just needed to see this thing built. We realized like, Oh, this would be great for the closet, but not for everyday living. So yeah, I don't know, man. Aren't I, Swedes smaller than normal people though? It's not a thing. All they—it's just all—all uh, all they all they were concerned about was damage control and literally labeling everything that was over two feet tall, labeling everything with a tie it to the wall so it doesn't kill your toddler and we don't end up on the news again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always again? a good policy to follow, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, it happens no. more than you think. <laughs> yeah, they're okay. The lead killer in America is IKEA. sharks, vending machines, <laughs> cars, guns, IKEA. And a three-drawer dresser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, dude, a lot of those dressers. In fact, the dresser I think that we bought has actually, like, fucking snuffed out a couple kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. Is that a selling point? If we point ever need or... to pull some Home Alone <laughs> shit, like, we've got we've got an ace in our sleeves. But, like, aside from that, I don't know. So, from now on, anytime we get something for George for holiday, birthday, anniversary, anything, Ikea gift cards. Yes. Remember it, sir. Yes. It will all I, be dumped. I'll online. never forget. I will pay. The, I will pay the. I, I kept telling myself, I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars to have this delivered. Fuck that. And like the, I think the biggest insult to injury is I went and I fucking like I I got a truck because I'm just like, oh yeah, dude, it's going to be a big. The fucking thing comes in like multiple boxes. Yeah. I'm like, I could have just used my van. 
I, I love. I, I, I love it. Truck for nothing. I must have made it like worth your while. I got and picked up some shit just because. Like, who's got some shit for me at all? <laughs> Go knock down a tree with your frustration twenty bucks and up just front. Carry it out. Yeah. yeah. Fuck IKEA. <laughs> anyway, made me get a truck for this shit. <laughs> this is the Golden Zonkeys of 2017. Our uh, our brand of game of the year for Press Pause Radio, and uh, we wanted to give give the year time to just breathe, finish. A lot of shit happened. God, like I said, January's felt like the longest year within itself. It's its own meta year. I'm, I'm like not even fucking joking. Um, between 2017.5. No, <laughs> yes, and like we we we. <sighs> yeah, 2017 is stretching, direction. scratching its ass, and farting. That's what's going on. Well, 2018 is not much worse. 2018 is fucking... <clears throat> no, like, it started mm, off with a fart. The, the wettest, the wettest, <laughs> fucking dankest fart. Like, the grossest, dampest, like... Like there's spray involved? ass uh, shit. Uh. No, no joke. You know, you know what? No, I'll fuck it. I'll save it for another show, because I don't want to get... In, that's going to be a whole tangent that's just going to derail us. Yeah, I, yeah, save that for the zonkeys for 2018. We'll yeah, remember. I'm I sure will... we'll, we'll make it, guys. We'll make it to 2018 in the end. We will. Hopefully. You know, there are so many other things you could complain about, but 2017. But granted, like I, I just needed my moment with IKEA, and I'm glad we got that out of mm. the way. Um, at least we didn't die in a hail of nuclear hellfire. Not, yeah, not, not I yet, yeah. not yet. But you know, if we just keep them golfing, if we just keep them there, like a fuck it, mm. if we need to get like a. Dangle a toy know. in front of him like a baby. I feel like... Dangle keys in front of him. It's just, dude, it's just a Black Mirror episode. Like, even then, like, I feel like this, the whole, like, Ugandan Knuckles thing is just a Black Mirror take on Ready Player One in the shittiest, laziest way. If you really think about it. Like, yes. I... It's just... It, it, written by one of the fucking hackiest hacks of all hacks. Like, fuck Ernest Klein. <laughs> like, you know, all right. I have no room to talk. I, for the while, I'm just like, yeah, fuck pandering. Like, I'm into it. Yeah, Big Bang Theory. And then I'm like, no, this is stupid. Why? And I'm, I don't care. Like, I'll, I'm still, like, I don't give a shit. Like, that is that is my guilty pleasure, and I don't give a fuck. But I won't. Ready Player One is a step too far. Tell me in the comments below if you think I'm an idiot for, like, make, drawing the lines. But fuck it. That's what I've done. Golden Zonkeys, 2017. Go in 2018. Let us go. We are ready. Don't, you don't. I didn't play um, shit in 2017. Like, 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 no joke. I didn't play not a thing. Um, I, I, played, I, I, played I had my struggles. Yeah. I definitely, I do. There was a few that I poop socked. In fact, I even, um, I think that it was the first year in a long time where I completed two games like outright, like got every single thing and achievement. I did that Damn. with two games last year nice. that I had no intention of doing, but like I ended up doing. Um, but yeah, no, uh, 
we are doing yet another golden zonkey. This is uh always one of my favorite things that we do. Um and we get a chance and like 2017 we we're, we're shitting on it and we have every right to. I mean 2016 was also a dumpster fire, but like video games suck during that time too. But uh video games and just the gaming industry in terms of products and and other stuff to to some extent we got we got a lot of heavy hitters. We got a lot of almost, dare I say, uh, medium defining or like fucking bar raising uh, examples of what is considered a quality video game. Yeah, I yeah. want to say that <clears throat> as terrible as 2017 was, if you were a gamer, the games redeemed it at least a little bit. Agreed. And I feel like also in 2017, a lot of things that you would look at and say, that's not a best of the year, that's not the best product, that's not the best thing for gamers, that definition changed because I think with the hardware that was introduced this year, which, to be quite honest, I don't think anyone thought would be as successful as it ended up becoming. Like, it just, it blows my mind that the Switch did as well as it did. Because I don't think anyone gave it really uh, that much of a chance. I didn't think anybody could recover from, like, how badly the Wii U did. And it's it just, it's it's monumental, the kind of and success even, that, that's had. And even then, like, we're recording on the cusp of, like, the Nintendo Labo, like, announcement. Yeah. Like, there, there's, we, I would love to go into all the news that came out, but we really, like, we're going to sure. do that in a separate episode that's going mm. to, like, oh, yeah, shortly follow this one. And man, do I have words uh, about that. Oh, dude, I'm excited for it. Like, oh, yeah. It's just, it, That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I, it's just, it's so weird. And then, like, you see, like, that Project Robot, like, just the old Wii U project, and then just straight up seeing it in the fucking Nintendo Labo, like, trailer in a completely different form. Like, straight up, like, pulling that, like, the literal bitch I lived, like, right there in front of you <laughs> is just, oh, man. I'm, um, I, 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 if anything, like, the concept has gotten me excited, but I, like, if you guys, like, see some of the, like, inner workings of, like, additional images and all the strings and duct tape that's, like, inside some of these, like, mechanic, like, I don't know, in terms of, like, you know, engineering done for simpletons, this is fucking gonna be exciting, but this is also coming from the dude who got frustrated with Lego Dimensions, and, like, they're showing you how to do it, so, mm. <laughs> like, I don't know, we, we'll, we'll, I still we'll have... I have unopened Lego Dimensions boxes where I'm just like, man, fucking, I, no, like, uh, that shit come, like, there, there are some other announcements that, like, happened while we're recording, and, like, I, you know what, we're gonna have to digest that into the next episode, but so far, let's go ahead and uh, get the rundown. Uh, mm -hmm. This is one of your hosts, Georgia Boys Axe. To my left, I have Andrew, who's just, he's very, yeah. There we go. Hello. I see you in virtual space. The, the whole high five thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Can Yo, we? Oh, dude. Wait, wait. Uh, wait. Uh, Almost. Which one's on this know. side? There we Doesn't go. Matter. We should really be recording this. <laughs> the <Yeah>. video is <laughs> going to waste. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. We Again, we're starting that trend. We're, we're trying to record the video so that we can be more in sync with one another. Uh, believe it or not, we've done this without video for uh, over eight years. We're actually going in our ninth year. Um. Yes, yeah. you. It worked. Yes. <laughs> See, this will work. Yeah. We got this. Yeah. We, we, um, we had to replace the cake with something, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we just raise our uh, hand dude, like we're third me. graders. and. I totally forgot about that shit. Um, mm -hmm. 
I miss it. And then to my to my indomitable right, I have Sarah, and Sarah was about to say miss something. I miss him. I miss Mm. all of you guys. I miss all of you. It's true. Agreed. Agreed. Too busy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a busy, busy couple weeks. Um but let's go ahead and do a quick rundown of how the Golden Zonkeys work. We have fourteen categories that we have set aside to uh essentially award uh, prestigious titles that uh, are deserving of such an award, and that would be the Golden Zonkey, uh, the unofficial uh, celebratory mascot of where, like, I hate horses, but if I were to fucking say anything nice about anything from the equestrian family, it would be the uh, fucking product of a zebra and a donkey because they are not horses, and they come together as one to be a zonkey. Which is totally such, a real thing. It is a real ass thing. Um, and Sarah and mine combining our favorite esoteric ass fucking red entertainment slash old X NEC icon and whatnot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I did want to bring this up actually at some point. It turns out that there is definitive proof that Airzonk is in fact part of the Bong series. Well, no, I never doubted that. Well, I remember during our play play, remember that for Arizong? He said that there was a bunch of people. Indomitable yeah. proof. Here it is. In the okay. Japanese version, it literally says PC Genjin series right on the title screen. There you go. All right, Bam. shit. I Direct link. That. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember arguing that. Dude, we still have Arizong games. No, we covered all the Arizong games. We, we did. Have bonk games. We, we have a couple. Still. Yes. We have a couple. We have a bunch of stuff that we could still cover. Uh, cover, mm. but. Um, yeah, so you put them together, and what do you get? You get a zonkey, a golden zonkey, and then mm. that is what we'll be giving away to uh, 14 different categories. During any of this, however, we do reserve the right to where any of our panelists, our podcast hosts, can throw out the wild card, a nomination that is not have has not already been previously deliberated upon and is just thrown in by suggestion when we feel as though that the already predetermined group of nominations uh, are not worthy of the prestigious award that we will be discussing and arguing for. But we only get one. We only Mm. get one that we can work with, and then at any of us at a time, we can buzz in and go, "Ah, fucking wild card, and then we can like discuss it. Once it's used, it's used. Um. This year is going to be a little crazy because, as Andrew mentioned and some of us mentioned, 2017 was a great year for games, but it was also a very fucking busy one. It's my um, wild card. It's a, it's a physical a wild, wild card. card. I have, actual Hugh card, yes. I, I have a business amazed. card. There we go. So Right on. This is that, that's do, our card. Injustice. <laughs> the the arcade game. Of course. Crater yeah. Maze? Crater Maze is your fucking... <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, so it's a, it could have gotten JJ and Jeff. That would have been great. Um, you know you like Crater Maze. It's awesome. I do enjoy Crater so Maze. Fucking good, but yeah. without further ado, um, let us go ahead and jump into the first category. Probably could be uh, a better named, but fuck it. We've been sticking with it so far. One day it'll probably be ousted for a better name until then. We're sticking with it. The first category for the Golden Zonkeys of 2017 is Best Cerebral Exerciser. Best Cerebral Exerciser. So, 
Uh, this category is reserved for not only puzzle games, you know, it, it sounds a bit limited. We've used it a lot primarily for puzzle, but games that really like stretched what it is uh, to think within a, in a game that incorporates a lot of logic puzzles or problems of, of certain uh, types of troubleshooting and, and the like, like fucking like obstacles that, that really have you scratching that proverbial wall within your head. And um, 2017 was somewhat light, uh, but I think we've got a kind of a really cool list, and I really, really want to argue for one because, again, it doesn't necessarily fit the traditional sense of what you'd imagine a cerebral exerciser to be, but like I think I have a pretty good argument lined up for it. But here we go. Uh, so, Snake Pass, Halo Wars 2, Poyo Poyo Tetris, and the Sexy Brutal. And I haven't played one of these, and that was the Sexy Brutal. So, um, who has played that one? Briefly. <laughs> very, very briefly. Not I. Yeah. yeah I, it's I, on I, Switch, too, isn't it? I want to say it? it did come out for Switch, yeah. If, yeah. if not, maybe recently, um... I, I played it briefly on Xbox One, and I like the concept. I wouldn't say it's the most challenging game, because it's really not. It's not very challenging. I just like the concept of this murder mystery playing out, and you're just kind of observing it, and it's being played out over various scenarios. Like, like when one thing happens, it'll jump to another thing somewhere else in the mansion. But it's like you as the... Not saying it's the, you're the narrator, but you're just observing it. You know what's going to happen next, but seeing how it all plays out, how one thing can have a rippling effect into other things that happen in that mansion, it, it just it's a really cool concept. And I like that, you know, you're watching this play out and you can't really, in a way, you can kind of intercept, you kind of do things, but ultimately your hands are kind of tied. Like you don't have a lot of impact on what's happening. You just kind of see it all play out. And it's interesting to see how these puzzle pieces fit together and how it all plays out. But I like the concept of it because I think it makes you kind of almost like a and d campaign. Like, you're seeing things happen in your mind. You're playing out scenarios, and you're seeing how things will ultimately play like play out, but you don't know for sure. You're just kind of watching it all unfold. And it I like that concept. It sounds like a roguelike mitter, a murder mystery. In a way, yes, but you don't really have a lot of impact on... Like, you can't do a lot in the game. You know, like, in a roguelike, your ability is what ultimately depends on, like, how the game's going to play out. Like, you're ability to play the game. Ah, uh, I got you. But in this, this case, you're you're just more of a an observer that's kind of just drawing conclusions on what little you're given. It kind of right? almost reminds me of like the game back in the day, was it The Haunting? I I'm vaguely familiar with this. It's a where, indie where, game. No, no, okay, not this one was on Genesis, but I don't remember what it was actually called. I just remember you could jump into objects and kind of like haunt them and scare people and their level of how scared they were like what, what oh is yeah, that it was an electronic okay. arts game. Yeah, yeah, it was but one of those fatty cartridges. Yeah, I barely played that. I can't one too. I remember what, what it was called. And it kind of reminds me of that, but you don't even have that much input in the game. It's mm. just you, you can kind of do something like similar to that, and it kind of plays out how the scenario is going to ultimately, <clears throat> I guess, end at that time. But then you'll jump to another scenario, like in D and D. Like okay, like we're we're talking about this thing that's going on, and then once we get to a point where we think okay, that's a good stopping point. Let's jump to another thing happening in the story and kind of see how that plays out. And that's kind of what you're doing throughout the game. Uh, confirmed, it is on Switch. Nice. 
And it's uh it's by I think the same guys that made they made something else that was pretty damn good. I can't remember now exactly what that was. It's Tequila Works that did it. Um I want to say they did Hmm. Not 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 Guacamelee. Was it? No, no, no. That was Guacamelee is done by Drinkbox. Drinkbox. Thank you. Okay. Uh what did Tequila Works no, do? No, but Tequila Works else. Uh they've also Hmm. But anyways, uh, I mean, it's probably not I a big deal. I want to say they've also this. worked on... No, they worked on Deadlight and Rhyme. Ah, see, I, I don't remember say. Deadlight being that good, actually. So maybe that doesn't have... Maybe they don't have as much of a pedigree as I thought they did, which makes this game, I think, all the more interesting. I, I, I really do feel like it was a kind of a cool concept that you don't see very often. But is it the most challenging game? No. I, I would not say it's challenging really at all. But I just like the concept of it. I like how it forces you to play out scenarios and to think about the story and see how it ultimately plays out. Um, but that was that was my they personal also pick. Release another game that's kind of like sounds similar to it. It's called The Invisible Hours. That's a VR title. Um, kind of cool in VR, but that'd be interesting. I uh, oh, and you know, I would love because I finally got a PlayStation VR, and man, I. I have so much to gush about it, but like that's gonna have to also be for another show. Um, um, I might I might be right there with you because I borrowed one off of my essentially he's my brother-in-law, uh, mm-hmm. and the only thing I want to play I've not even hooked it up, haven't done anything with it. The only thing I want to play is Super Hot. It's all I care about. Super Hot is so all good. It's all I care about. <laughs> and not only that, uh, Res Res I can't even play. Oh, cool. I, I can't even imagine playing Res like not in VR. It's that mm-hmm. good. That's um, a shame too. But- I can't do VR. Just but physically, yeah, physically, like I've got a bad eye, so my other uh, eye tries to overcompensate. It jiggles my brain, and I'm left with a migraine that lasts for days. It's, yeah. it's certain games, like, yeah. we'll, and we'll get into that subject. I mean, we've talked about. It. I remember you saying that in our VR episode. Yeah, same same deal um, with like even the 3DS will do a number on me. Um, but I going back to the other nominations, uh. Tetris, Puyo Puyo Tetris is also pretty, like, I, I, I would also consider it fairly worthy of, of the award, only because, like, it actually, it introduces a lot of different modes, like, there's a, it does a lot with it, because it mm-hmm, sounds yeah. simple, like, just the fact that you can just smash, like, the concept of Puyo Puyo and Tetris together, but they do so many different ways of, um, like I think my favorite is the the alternating mode. It it throws me off because in Tetris, Tetris is so organic just from like the time I spent with it. But like even for as long as I played Puyo Puyo between Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine and all the other uh, iterations of it, I've never been good at Puyo. I still like I can never chain or or do things as seamlessly as I can in Tetris. I think my best so, chain in Puyo Puyo is only like ten, which is yeah, dude. I've never even gotten like four. Four, and that was because it was a fucking Sonic Mania achievement. Like, <laughs> so, it, so, what, so I, I know Tetris. Obviously, what's the Puyo Puyo aspect of it? All right. So uh, the it, idea behind Puyo Puyo is that you've got little um, clumps of of jelly that sort of fall from the top of the screen, and if you can get four bits, usually they'll they'll be in like pairs. They're right? little beans. They look like beans, yeah. Um, but Puyo Puyo is onomatopoeia for like squishy, I believe. Or something like that. Yeah, have you ever played Robotics Mean Bean Machine yeah. on Genesis? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that's Puyo that, Puyo. that is Puyo Puyo. Oh, yeah. oh Same with, really? Uh, it was yeah. also brought over so, to the SNES as Kirby's Avalanche as well. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, there, Puyo Puyo's oh. had a lot of different forms, and it's even been yeah. on the end gauge. Like, <laughs> it, like that's which that, in itself it is just like one giant bean, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking like, so cancer giving bean. So when you've got these little globs that are coming down in pairs, if you can make a group of four of them, they'll disappear. But you can set it up so that when you make one group disappear, another group will come together, and that will disappear, and then you. So can you're chain chaining it all together, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. That's the idea. Like there, there's modes where like you can actually pay, play Tetris and Puyo at the same time, and what it'll do, it'll, it'll alternate. So for like five seconds, you're gonna play Puyo, and then you'll have an active game of Tetris going as it switches over. And then there's even uh, there's modes that actually combine them, which is fucking insane. Like uh, I can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> No, but like it's it, hard. it, it is very fun uh, spin, especially like for those who like like Tetris is gonna be timeless for you know what it can yeah. do. But there's only there's also so many times you can re-release Tetris before you can like because if you have one version of Tetris, you can essentially just stick with that version. Why buy the new game? So and Puyo Puyo has also kind of fallen into that like trap. So I I really like the fact that like Sega was able to because. Tetris has become its own license, but I don't know who the fuck owns it. Uh-huh. Um, it's I just, the Tetris company. Yes. Like, there's a company within itself. Yeah. So, like, they're free to, like, kind of do their own thing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, at later points within, like, this generation or the next, if Tetris didn't have to, like, go the sellout route and, like, kind of work with, like, licenses. Kind of like the way they did with, like, uh, Disney and Magical... Capcom's magical Tetris because Capcom had a weird like stake in what they can do with Disney games before Virgin Interactive like you know came to play <clears throat> or they'll be like uh, Atari and make fucking hats or <laughs> other also, things. Yes, that... uh, Disney well, also had a uh, version of Medios as well. Oh yeah! I, oh yeah, my god! I, I totally forgot fucking forgot about. I know exactly that. what you're insane. talking about too. <laughs> little little known fact: outside of shmups, my second favorite genre is puzzle. I there are certain puzzle games that like I can like I love any bust a move game mm. uh, or any iteration like Puzzle Day Pond is probably in my Neo Geo cab mm, more than anything that's a else. Good one. Um, but man, I don't know. Sometimes puzzles they like they get so derivative, and I'm like, all right, over it. <laughs> have, um, they, have they ever combined a puzzle and shmup together? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's one. Times. It's on my desktop. Hold on a second. It's pretty cool. Uh, there's one on the Switch called uh, Gun Barrack. Where it's uh it's base it's basically breakout but in a shooter and it involves yeah, pinball uh, physics exactly because there's like pinball flippers it's and great. it's pretty cool gotta say I play yeah I, I played maybe the shittiest shmup recently I didn't know this even existed there's a Superman arcade game from Data East and like half, <laughs> I love that game Fuck and, ha- off. and, and half it, and half it. it's half it's just like a weird weird ass shmup. Like it's so fucking bizarre. I didn't know that thing existed until like. A week no, ago. it's a bad game, but like yeah. that's that's a childhood game right there. Super um, Star Path. Huh. that's your like. It's a it's a superb one actually. You can get it on Steam for like five bucks. PC. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's it's excellent. I I'd, I'd recommend it. But going back to uh, the other nominations, I mean, I can see where Puyo Puyo um would have some stake there, but I want to really argue for Snake Pass. Okay, I because... know nothing about Snake Pass, so you're going to have to okay. probably... Yeah. So Snake Pass is a collectathon, almost in the sense of like a 3D platformer, almost, like very n- not tangibly related to 
like what you'd expect in the likes of like uh, Banjo Kazooie, Ukulele, Hat in Time, Sunshine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like it works like a 3D platformer. But like the big hook behind it is that you move with the the physics of a snake. So like you literally have to slither around like the only way you can climb up things is by slithering and crawling around it but you got to do it in such a rhythm or pattern that like you can like keep momentum up like the way a snake would and if you falter or move around any weirdly you can fall off so like like, and like you lose momentum trying to get to right it almost kind of reminds me like trials in a way like trials you had to have balancing you had to have momentum you had to have all those things like physics-based stuff so there's two main buttons that make you go. The one, it's kind of like the, the way you'd imagine uh, an acceleration pad for a car that gets you moving. But, like, the best way to actually pick up momentum and velocity is by slithering back and forth. Like, so you got to move see. left and right, and then you get to the wiggle. But then there's another button that lifts your head up. So when you lift your head up and say there's a branch, I want to hook my head over it and then i let go so that way it's no longer being lifted up and then i'm moving and then i'm coiling around things and so so the moment you get uh you know the moment you get familiar with how like the move mechanics work it it becomes like this giant puzzle of how you're going to get around like there's going to be moving platforms uh and, and and like springs and then things you have to catch on because there's also a grip button like the moment you're caught onto something you can grip it to where you almost stick to it like a magnet. However, you move very little. So it's it's almost like fucking playing a piano just with movements. Like, okay, I got to let go of grip, but I got to coil. But then I got to lift my head up, lift my head down, grip, and move stuff around. And you're doing this over like a bottomless pit. And there are moving columns and platforms where you are snaking and branching like back and forth in between you're doing this while collecting coins mm-hmm. and jewels and other things that you need not only to progress through the level but also get a completion score and like there's even like like uh, I, there wasn't a time trial mode when it first came out but like i i think there's one in the works and it's just it's such a very it, it, it's such a unique game for like it, it presents itself within the premise of like very likable characters and colorful colorful graphics but doing so just like like you are you are snake ass snake like you the the like your power your abilities are like how good of a snake can you be um, so like are are the parts of the snake like independent like the like the back of the snake's one button and the front of the snake's one button like that kind so of basically like... it's dependent because you're top heavy i see so like in fact it, you can grip something from the back if you if you were to fall but to coil, like, say if you're hanging from your And then back, to bring your, like, front side back up, it has yeah, more weight to it. Yeah, you have to actually yeah. swing and, like, swing uh, without letting go of the grip. So, yeah, back. like, uh, Mount Your Friends has that kind of concept. You're building, like, yes. a tower of just BV Cho and Niki dudes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, but you're using that. You're kind of, like, using limbs to kind of, like, you know, like, hook here. And then you got to take your arm or leg. And you're doing, like, a really sexy man twister game where you're kind of taking limbs and kind of hooking onto each other until you get to like the top of the tower um right but like depending on how you hook something will determine like what kind of fucking like yoga that you can do crazy yeah okay that's interesting it's it's on everything yeah and there's a lot of games like that now like that getting over it is we've been i was just about to mention getting over it because that's the concept like you have like the weird hammer thing you got hook and then you know 
try to see if you can swing out and, and, and do those kinds of things. But yeah, I, I could see that being like very physics driven and, and trying to, it's not even like just the grappling or, or the hooking, but like getting over it, like has like pogo mechanics if used right. And oh, see like snake yeah, pass kind of does the same thing. Like if you uh-huh. can hook yourself in a way where like, if like, for example, again, I mentioned you're top heavy. So like swinging from the top, and then doing a coil and then going around and like because there's going to be levels that will completely like there's there's basic fundamentals to kind of like get you uh, to f- like be comfortable and, and make just like the physics more organic to your touch and, and like they gradually become more intuitive. And then once the game like you reach a certain point in the game, it's going to trust that you've already got a grasp of how it moves. Mm -hmm. So then there's conveyor belts and then wind and like all the other things (laughs) that you'd imagine that like don't seem all that daunting in a traditional platformer, but are compounded like in a completely different manner because like, oh shit, I'm a fucking snake that can barely get off the ground. Yeah. Like (laughs) Um, snakes aren't really made to be jumping around and bouncing around. No, Um, you even have a hummingbird friend that constantly follows you that you're going to have to use later on where it can actually like you can direct it to pick up your your um your your uh, back the end mm-hmm. of your tail so that way and sometimes you'll have to do that because like if you like have your end lifted it gives you just enough to where um if you're going for a jump it's it's not even like a tanuki glide per se but it slow it slows your descent even if not very much just enough to where you can actually make whatever you're going for I don't know. I I really really dig it. I even at the very least this is this sh- game should definitely be played and like it was developed by Sumo and can't remember who el- what else they've done. Sumo Digital? Yes. Fuck. I can't remember what else they've done. Yeah, they did something else but like this is probably the best thing I I've, I've seen them do in comparison. Yeah, yeah. Um wow. Halo Wars 2 I played a little bit of, but I, like I-, I touched it a little bit and I think honestly I nominated it just because it's an RTS and that I think RTSs just inherently are, you know, cerebral exercisers or just something that makes you think it's strategy. But like, it's the only RTS I played, and I'm sure there's other good ones. Like, I know Total War Warhammer came out last year. I never touched it, so like, I didn't put Same. that in there. I I feel like in this category, I feel like it's probably between Poyo Poyo Tetris and Snake Pass. Sexy Brutal I think is a cool concept, but maybe not that much of a challenging puzzle or you know brain activity to really engage in and halo wars i think is just it's yeah it's it's passable but it's not really anything new snake pass definitely has you scratching your head a bit and it it definitely like it pushes you to think how you would go about it but really a lot of it definitely has to go do more with motor functions and i think Mm. like so more platformer yeah, but it does so because it 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 puts you out of a comfort zone that we've kind of all built, like a like a, a muscle memory to, and mm-hmm. it like completely turns it on its side by having you do shit in the form of a snake that you wouldn't um, expect in a platformer, right? Yeah. So gotcha. like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I want to do it this way, but I can't, and I have to think of like, I, it makes you think like a snake. Like I I reviewed this game for another outlet. And the same way that Portal has you thinking with portals, this game does an incredible job of having you think of, like, how would I go about this being a snake? Because you look at things and you immediately, like, already... Because the, the best way is that, like, while there's probably a really good way to go about uh, going up an obstacle, if you have a certain tactic that, like, you feel good about and you can do it, 
the game's pretty forgiving about letting you do it and like having you be comfortable in your way. But at some point, it is going to push you out of that comfort zone and be like, no, there is one way to do this, but like, have you conditioned yourself to do it? So, I, I do want, I, 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 I know I started this category saying I really want to argue for it. However, when I think about it, it really just pushes more of the motor aspect of your brain. I think Puyo Puyo Tetris really earns a spot of like, hey, like, dude, it really. It has you multitask, and then, like, it take it gives you complete, two different, completely different mechanics with, like, Tetris. Like, I mean, you both, you're making lines in both, but how you make the lines and, like, in what manner you make the lines is different. And when you yeah. when you either play with that concept combined or interchanged or doing it in a fashion that, like, um, has you build a rhythm because that's the only way you can get ahead... Especially when, like, they're both centered around, like, in, in a competitive space to, like, have, have give you the tools to fuck up the other player. Um, I think in terms of, like, the game that really has you exercise and has you think on your feet, Puyo Puyo Tetris probably wins in this category in my vote. I, uh, I actually nominated Puyo Puyo Tetris for this category, and I sunk quite a bit of time into it, uh, both in single player and in multiplayer. Um, I think I did a few online matches as well, but I had my ass handed to me fairly easily. Um, but especially in the modes where the two are, are smashed together, it really you really have to be at the top of your game, even to make menial progress. Um so really understanding and coming up with strategies and and understanding the the core mechanics more than anything else um it's yeah it's it's a it's a puzzle game that really sort of exemplifies what it means to be a cerebral exerciser so that's it definitely gets my vote hmm. i mean i like i said i don't really have a a horse in this race per se just because i didn't really play much of, of the games on the list but I like the idea of Puyo Puyo Tetris because I feel like if you go into it thinking it's Puyo Puyo or you think it's Tetris, and like you were saying how it kind of incorporates both, sometimes you're doing one and then it separates and does another, but I like the idea of them combined because it just seems like that'd be something to really fuck with you, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I almost want to give it to Snake Pass, personally. I mean, it's, it's two to one either way, um, but... I dude, I really wanted to give it the snake pass too, but yeah. I feel as though because, like I said, um, when is it, is it is it the point where it made it's too much of a gimmick it's, compared but to where see, the gimmick the gimmick is done so well? It's just that like what it does is it takes the same gimmick and then it changes it like on its head. Like I said, like the moment like you feel more comfortable when it comes to like advancing vertically, like the vertical aspect of it is where it's really challenging. Okay. Because like you're climbing up, like imagine like a world where you are you start off on a on like everything's floating in the sky, okay. But even then, like you'll you'll go underwater and you'll take currents. You will uh, go through vacuums to where you have to hook on something and then kind of steer, otherwise veer another way before you can aim that way. And you can climb on almost essentially anything, even like in a sequence breaking manner, if you wanted to. Like I would love to see the game getting sped run. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> but it's a dynamic that like builds upon itself, and it builds upon itself, and it builds upon itself. Ultimately, if you are to weigh the two, I feel like Puyo Puyo Tetris has like hundreds of combinations that it could throw at you, 
and they all demand a different solution and it tests your ability to come up with that solution as quickly and as competitively as you can. That's what's kind of making me feel like I should give it an edge. But believe me, I Snake Pass definitely tested my ability to think. It's just in a way that I'd never had done it before. That's why I felt like it was worthy to be talked about in this category. But I do I I want to respect Puyo Puyo Treacherous for what it does for both established puzzle games and like smashing them together the way they have. Like yeah. This is probably one of my favorite Tetris games. Um I'm saying a lot. There's a ton of them. <laughs> yeah. It was it's yeah. really good. Cool. Um I and I I personally like I have it on Switch and like the competitive scene there is insane. Like it is it is not what I was expecting, especially like in Japan, um, Japan has some of the best fucking Poyo players ever. Like, dude, it. I don't know. I, I kind of think that Poyo really should take it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm in agreement. All agree. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. We got our very first golden zonky, giving it to fucking Poyo Poyo Tetris. You are winner. Um, but if you guys, like, if we got you thinking about Sexy Brutal or uh, Snake Pass, by all means, like, grab them up. 2017 was filled, it's like, it's, this, this probably feels more unfair than any of the other Golden Zonkeys that we've done. Because literally, there's been just so many fucking good games. Like, mm-hmm. I, I cannot stress how there's been so many. Uh, this one's also going to be really challenging. Um, the next category is going to be Best Studio of 2017. <laughs> So let's go ahead and get that rolled out. The nominations are Nintendo, Platinum Games, Ninja Theory, and Atlas. Wild card! Um, right? I kind of, like, we could. We could throw a wild card in here. I already got one. Um, I've already got you one. You got one? I do. All right, let's hear it. Now, let me, let, me, let me preface this by saying I don't think it'll win because this is a very stacked category already. But I want to throw it in there just because I feel like it needs to be recognized. But I think that the best studio of 2017 was Ubisoft. U- Ubisoft. U- it, it's Ubi. You know, U- Sarah U- taught me. Ubisoft. Ubi. Ubisoft. Because of ubiquitous That's, that's why, why you, you play works as a, as a thing. Yes, yes. But I throw that, I throw that in there. That's, that's my wild card. I feel like it needs to be in there. Although I think against the the kind of competition that's in that well, category. Tell me why Ubisoft okay. should win, because so far we've got Mario and Rabbids uh, plus mm-hmm. Kingdom. There's that. There's Assassin's Creed Origins, which is also very good. Like I was, Which is good. Which surprised. is good. I was and, and, and really I, surprised yeah, with Origins. Same. Same. I played it. I was like, oh shit, this feels like Assassin's like, Creed done like right again. Like I'm playing 2 again. You know, like I was playing 2 or Brotherhood. Like it felt good. It was a cool just... I don't know, like something about it, just like it didn't try so hard, and in in a sense of doing that, it kind of made me remember why Assassin's Creed was a good series to begin with. Um, but no, I think Ubisoft. Yeah, you mentioned Mario and Rabbids, which everyone saw that last year or 2016, I should say. I think it was because announced. it leaked. Yeah, and people were like, "What the fuck is this? Like, no one cares about this. The dumbest thing ever, right?" And then it comes out, and also on the. On the momentum of the game developer, or I guess like the the, the main guy, you know, like the lead programmer, whoever oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. how and how emotional he was, and how he had, you know, 
was Ive, it Ives Gourmand? Like I me, think. like Miyamoto had mentioned him, and he started crying, and I was like, oh my god, like that—that's a fan's reaction if there's ever been one, right? Like this guy genuinely likes Nintendo. You know, Miyamoto mentions him by name, and dude just like wells up with tears. Like that's a cool thing. So I think that game, you know, it became more than people expected it to be. I I not played it myself personally. I've heard a lot about it. Um, Kingdom and, Battle. I was just like, what was the name of it? Yeah. Uh, and then Assassin's Creed, you know, taking the two-year break and coming back and actually doing what they hoped it would do after two years. Like, reinvent it, you know, make it a good series again, make it a good game again, uh, which I, I, you, you I, know, I think and it has. I feel, I feel bad, too, cause, and we'll probably talk about it later, not to give too much foreshadowing. Sure, but like, sure. I think Assassin's Creed Origins, the only thing that had going against it is the fact that it came out the year that it did. Oh, absolutely. so much against it. Same same with, like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Middle Earth. You know, not a bad game, but just, like, more of the same, I guess, in a way. And it's like, it came out in a month that was fucking just stacked. Like, end of October was fucked up for games. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so there's that. And I think also, like, okay, uh... Rainbow it's Six. not Ives Guillermo, by the way. It's David's, uh, David Solani. Ah, He's gotcha, uh, gotcha. the lead project behind that team. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, you know, Rainbow Six Siege still becoming, I think, honestly, like as big of a like uh, competitor game as something like CSGO. Like, Siege has actually got a pretty rabid following, and it's a pretty competitive online shooter, which I think when Siege came out, like it was, you know, it was Patriots... And then it became Siege, and then like no one really thought Siege was going to be anything good. And it's it's evolved. It's gotten better and better over time, you know. And 2017, I think, was like a very competitive game to watch and and to play. Uh, same with Division. They finally got Division right. Like by the end of 2017, the Division was the game it should have been when it came out two years prior. Like they finally fixed it, where it's actually a good game. I I think it was too little, too late, but they did they did do and for a lot of people they you know that that's true for a lot of people that is too little too late but i feel like that's the thing about ubisoft they stuck with it they could have just said man we fucked this game up pretty bad let's just say fuck it and wipe our hands of it they stuck with it even though no one was watching and no one was paying attention they were you know putting out updates they were putting out content they did that with siege they did it with division they even did it with for honor which i don't know anyone that's fucking playing for honor uh, the only one that they're maybe not updating or really care about is Steep, which, you know, yeah, it's Steep, like, whatever. Um, but they just, they, they, they kept with their games. They didn't drop it because, you know, the fan base wasn't there, the clientele playing it wasn't there. Because there's other games that did that. Battleborn said, fuck it, we're not doing any more updates because nobody wants to play Battleborn because Overwatch kicked our ass. You know, and all that shit was happening, but, like, they kept with it. They stuck with their games. They, you know, rode out the storm. And those games are now better experiences because of it. I think that has to be commended. Now, against these other studios, no, I don't well, think they're they, the best. Well, then there even Ghost Recon Wildlands, too. Which also, like... Like, exceeded expectations. Not bad. Like, the rest... Like, like the game part of it is good, but, like, the rest of it's terrible. But the actual, yeah. like, core game is pretty good. Um, and I just feel like that has to be commended. I feel like that's kind of a big deal that, like, they stick with the games, they see them through, and, and they usually end up doing what they eventually want to do with the game but you know it takes some time uh i mean they also they really stuck behind fractured but whole with all of its development problems too oh yeah and all the delays absolutely um but you know like i said not the best studio but maybe the most reliable 
And that's all I want to put it as. Maybe, maybe that'll be like a subcategory, but most reliable. The most studio. reliable studio. So I, for me, I think that needs to be commended or at least mentioned. So I throw it in there. But I, like I said, against this caliber uh, of other studios, not the best, but still good on them. All right. Well, um, I see. Personally, mm-hmm. I think. If I were to look at, because here's the way I look at it, um, all of these other studios kind of had like their their big fucking like. What was Platinum? So I'm trying like I'm scratching Magnum. My head. Uh, that was near Automata. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, but but like Platinum did other games this year too that I want to say I can't remember, but their big one was definitely near. Um, but even then, like between that and then Persona Five. Mm-hmm. And then Hellblade, like everyone, like kind of threw their weight behind all of this. Like Nintendo, Nintendo had a lot of goodwill to fucking like, like they had a lot of crow to eat and a lot of goodwill to earn back. And like, I mean, I kind of want to just use Sarah as the biggest. I was gonna say the exact like, same thing. I was gonna be like, if anyone. Like, dude, they like, went dude, over Sare, they did something. We watched we yeah. watched the trailer for the Switch, and then he was just like, fuck this planet bullshit. He was so <laughs> like, I remember. This is stupid. I remember, man. I like I just gotta like I just now finally like entrenched myself with the Wii U and I get this. Fuck this. I'm out. And then we see this dude, and like usually his first reaction is just like, is it on Switch? Can I put pl- can I play this on the Switch? But is it on there? Answer. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and then like that's it. That's his just fucking huge thing, um, and even then, just between like how reliable the Switch has been, and um, just what like Nintendo is able to accomplish, just like if we weren't examining those games like by their own right and in their own merit, just what they've been able to accomplish with Breath of the Wild and sticking by Breath of the Wild releasing on the Wii U, like I found that just as commendable. Um, they had that going for them. They had, uh, Odyssey and even just uh, trying new IPs and going with that. Like, I think the biggest mark I can like kind of like strike against Nintendo is that like they sort of like, they've admittedly like, like without even saying it, like completely understand like how much they fucked up with the Wii U. And they're trying to do everything they can to almost do a have a do over um, with uh, the Switch, but they're almost taking it too far because at this point I don't even know if I should have my Wii U hooked up anymore. Like, it, it, granted, my Wii U's replaced my Wii, but when there's so many games that like I already own that are coming out for the Switch, like, this is probably my biggest strike. But like, I see where Nintendo is going with it, and they're doing such a better job with it. Like, well, as far as a platform and, and just the games with it. You remember the episode that we did on disposable gaming, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is an excellent, uh, an excellent example of how uh, the Wii U is almost 100% disposable at this point. Uh, there, there are so many, like all of the, the biggest games for the Wii U that made it the most relevant are either uh, on the Wii U, uh, on the Switch or are going to be coming to Switch. 
or are rumored to be coming to the Switch. Like, there are only, a, like, two or three more key titles that if they do go to Switch, I'm just going to sell my Switch. There is no reason for me to have that system. You mean system. your Wii U. Oh, that's what I mean, yeah. Wii, Wii U. Uh, I, I will sell well, the I Wii know, man, U. 3D World. There's 3D World. Yep. There's Star Fox. Yep. Mario Maker. Um, they got to fix Star Ma Fox, though, really, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mario, Mario Maker, Maker, they're kind of already done with DS. Yeah, but, like, it's, it's sad. already Nobody's there. playing it on DS. But not good, nope. but not good. Nope. Yeah. Um, no now, Xenoblade Chronicles X is one that has been rumored to be coming. Which, uh, that'll... Don't, but don't they have two already the on the Switch? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, but it's a different well, game, though, right? I know, So still, Okay, so like, there's Xenoblade like, Chronicles on Wii, mm -hmm. and then X on Wii U, and then mm -hmm. 2 yeah. on Switch. And Chron Okay, X is pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I think it's a little long in the tooth as far as, like, fucking exposition. Like, there's there are way too many characters that try to convince you to care about them, and you just can't. Right. But um, I think as far as this category and what they've been able to do and what mm. they've been able to accomplish, by merit of that alone, they should earn Best Studio. But in the same breath, like, I have not spent as much time with Hellblade as I want to, uh -huh. and I know Andrew is dev, but, like, I'm gonna like you guys know I don't fucking like Ninja Theory in terms of like some of the games they've done, but and slaves. Still but they've the really, I really no, it isn't. <laughs> I really turned around. It's still on them. pretty good though. It's not. I've turned yeah. around on them with DMC, and then like as far as this game, like I know they kind of like when they lean into something, they lean into something hard, uh, almost to the point where like they're not very elegant about it. I, I definitely feel that Hellblade, much like DMC, is the another exception to that, where they really treated everything they could with the utmost care yeah. and sincerity, especially in the subject material that they were representing. Um, I really, really think that uh, the game within itself, like, no matter... There's, there's got to be a lot where even if the game didn't excel in like being the best of in in that particular time frame, if it's a game that you feel that you're going to kind of take with you and think about like uh, in years to come, like it's done something right. And like the fact that like they finally kind of like I, I can I, I haven't played enough to really like comfortably make it, but I want to lean into the assertion that Hellblade is probably the best thing they've done. Like... I mean, which granted isn't much when you look at some of the shit they've God done. Damn you. But God damn you. Enslaved it's and... really, really good. Uh, no, and what's the other game that came out from them? Shit, I can't remember. Heavenly Sword. I mean, I don't know. I didn't play Heavenly Sword. Like, Enslaved was it's like my like, game of the year of all years. But no, I, I think the thing about Ninja Theory that I appreciate... And I don't think Hellblade's the best game. It's a pretty good game. It's four or five hours very well spent. I think that Ninja Theory championed a lot of things in doing Hellblade. I think it championed, and they came out and said this in a few like vignettes and, and a few like video documentaries. They wanted to do a AAA indie game, which meant that they put the money and the development behind the game like it's a AAA title, but it's an indie game. It's you know published by them. It's you know it's developed by them, and it's it's a game that maybe a lot of big time publishers would probably be scared to put out. But they wanted to do the game they wanted to do. And I think that's a big deal for indie developers. That they get the resources behind it and make it a successful game. Because they, I think from what they were saying, they banked a lot on that game being a success. And if it didn't do well, that might not be the best thing for that developer. 
you know, especially for them trying to tackle more projects in the future. So it was a big risk for them to do that game. And I think them doing it is is a, a good thing for indie developers. And it's a good thing to kind of, like you said, put their full weight behind it, put themselves behind their work. Um, and of course, Hellblade, you know, deals with a lot of things with mental health and tries to incorporate it in the game to where it doesn't feel like it's very, like... Insensitive? Well, not only insensitive, like a lot of- which, which, which a lot of games will do. I agree with you, absolutely. But they don't want to, like, ham-fist, like, you know, she's got something wrong with her, or she's, you know, dealing with something internally, you know, and they don't really, like... It's, it's kind of crazy as you play through the game. A lot of things are very subtle, and you don't know what's happening, so you're kind of playing the game thinking, okay, well, I, I obviously go to this destination, you know, like most action-adventure games, third-person perspective, but it mm. twists a lot of things to, okay, the voices in her head are telling her to do one thing, but they're obviously working against her, but you don't really know that as the player. Like, you're having that, that struggle of, do I listen to what they're telling me or do I not? I don't know what to do. But they're trying to convey the feeling of, you know, your, uh, you know, whatever, like, you know, a thing you're dealing with, you know, is it helping you or is it hurting you? You don't know. Um, and I th- and you're, you're right. I think they, 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 they aren't sensitive to it. They tried their really hard to incorporate that and make it feel like as realistic as it could be, which is hard to do in a game. I mean, I, I can't imagine it, the kind of stuff they have to do to kind of convey that. It's sensitive material to cover, but I think Absolutely. they did a really good job yeah. with what they've done. And even when, like, some of it, I don't know, some of it, mm, I wouldn't say it goes as far as it's triggering, but it can definitely, like, it, it kind of crawls under your skin with how much you can relate to it to, in, in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. Like, when, I don't know, when they personify, like, that, like, some sort of tangibility that you can associate with depression and they do it in a way that's, like, believable, it, I don't know, it, it, it irks with you. That's why I'm like, I, I'm going to think about that. Yeah, and it does a lot of so, cool things with FMB too. Like I'm not giving away too much by saying that, I don't think, but it does incorporate some of that, which I think is kind of a cool idea. Um, mm-hmm. But it's one of those things you have to kind of see to really understand. But no, I, I think that they did really good with that game, and I hope that more people do play it. Um, yeah, I think it's an important game, but that was really the only thing Ninja Theory did. You know what I mean? Yep. Like Nintendo, I mean, Nintendo. Look at- I, I think Nintendo. I think gets it just because they did put out two blockbuster games. That won over almost every like and a new platform. Yeah, like and like won over like the ten million people that bought a Switch. Like those two games are the ones that bookended that system's release. Like Zelda is the game that people bought the system for, and Mario was the game that people that were hesitant to buy it finally caved in and said, "I'm going to buy a Switch now because I need to get that new Mario hotness. I need to get that holiday, you know, bundle." So, I mean, that's that's a big deal, and Nintendo has not had that kind of track record with game releases in a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been one or the other. They never released both in the same year. That's crazy. I so with Atlas because Atlas has done Persona 5 but like there's a few others that I can't think of at the moment that they've also done. I just want to feel like Persona 5 is their That's their big one. Yeah, I'm sure of that. Uh, I'm trying to think as a developer I I don't know. Maybe as a publisher they did but I don't know about developer. Yeah, mo- mostly it was Persona Five, but I mean, what a game to to release, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. super good. Uh, from I, a little bit of I played of it so far, yes, agree. I 
Come okay, on. these are all like I said. This is a really challenging choice, but if I'm really gonna because go George down to hates it, all Persona games, and he doesn't like any of the Persona no, games. <laughs> no, I am giving, dude. I am trying to give it so like I am championing through four whenever I can, and just like trying to stomach all this goddamn dialogue. Like I love dialogue heavy games, but there's such something about it that just seems like, oh man, it it just seems so superfluous. Like it just ah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I I digress. I dude, I am fucking sitting high and tall on Nintendo winning this goddamn Golden Zonkey. I was like Nintendo. Yeah, I'd have did to a lot. I'd have to agree. I feel like that's. For them to put out even one of those games would probably make them the best studio because of the caliber of the game, but to put out two, that's... I mean, they also did something else, which granted, like, it hasn't really become, like, but even then, like, they promised they'd develop more of the SNES Classic, and, and they did, and I mean, granted, it had a really rough go of it in its initial release, but, like, the fact that they're... I think the one thing that, like, wants me to, like, pick them is this is the first time in a long time that Nintendo feels like they're actually keeping their word that they they recognize like just some of the bridges that they've burned and and the graces that they've squandered and they're like really trying to go about it and doing so without compromising what they are and what they do i mean again i this is all within the sake of 2017 so i don't want to necessarily like take nintendo labo into consideration but, like, when they can honestly continue to do what they do and be excited and be innovative in a way that only, like, resonates with what they are as a brand, but still, like, I mean, even then, the Switch still has, like, plenty of things that it needs to do to still modernize itself. Like, I would love cloud saves. I would love, like, so many other things that, that I could do. Fucking voice chat. Something to that extent. Uh-huh. But, like, still, there's there's so many other... I don't know. There's so much out there. There's so much else going for the Switch, but they, like, and the Nintendo. And Nintendo in general just does the one thing you would least expect them to do. Like everyone's like VR, virtual reality, augmented reality. Fuck it, cardboard. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> build a box. Like fold it. Yeah. Build it. Smash it. Bop it. Fucking. That's it. Yep. That that's your thing. Um. But yeah. Wait. Yeah, man. Wait, 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 Sarah, what do you think? Uh well yeah I'll I'll give Nintendo the benefit of that doubt I mean shit um, it, it, you bought a Nintendo piece of hardware in 2017 so uh for day one it was the first oh, and God. only time I've ever done a day one purchase Even on a before console before it was established yeah. yep I I went in almost completely blind well not completely blind but um you know I had a chance to uh, to go in and you know handle it see what it was all about and it I don't know the quality really really stood out to me. And I'm glad that I took the plunge because, as it turns out, uh, the Switch is primed to be the console of choice for shooting game fans. Which is fucking crazy, Which man. is pretty Who thought? insane. Portable shmups. <laughs> no one would have thought. No one would have yeah. thought. So, yeah, I'll I'll give Nintendo props for that. Uh, their, their complete 180 uh, is something to be recognized. Yeah. I agree. Um. Well... Fuck it. All right. Golden Zonkey, Nintendo. Yep. Yeah. Done. You are winner. Like I said, Ubisoft, Art. I just wanted to acknowledge, but I knew they wouldn't be able to really get with this kind of level of competition. So, 
I mean, there's a but, lot. But I'm happy I got to say my piece. Uh, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot to dig in there. Um, I think... So I probably have a lot of, like, Lucy, you got some splaining to do with this next category, but fuck it. Like, we let, let's keep this train going. Cool. Uh, the next, Golden Zonkey, is going to uh, be Best Publisher of 2017. Best Publisher. The nominations are Sony, Capcom, Nicalis, or Nicalis. I don't really know the pronunciation on that one. Nicholas. Dumb. Nicholas, yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> Fuck. All right. Yeah. Some, some PPR homework for y'all. Like, uh, get get back to us on that. And then Activision slash Blizzard. Um. So, uh, in regard to um th- this particular uh category, I I really want to gravitate towards um Capcom, and that was one I nominated. Same. And I. I only want to do so because in spite of some of the more like disappointing games that they've kind of like, uh, you know, fostered, they have acknowledged and they are trying. Uh, But I think it was finally to the point where uh, Capcom sort of recognized like, again, like a very Nintendo moment. They've had a a self-aware moment where they have acknowledged like where they have uh, betrayed some of the people that that truly took their their brand to heart and and like the what their games represented and uh, has decided to like not only take ownership like Street Fighter 5 at this point if you were ask me uh, last year should you play Street Fighter 5 I would have told you no it, yeah. it is not and then like any other developer as you had mentioned uh, you know with you extolling uh, Excelling your praise for Ubisoft, any other developer could have like just walked away from that, uh, but uh, Capcom stuck with it. They acknowledged they, you know, they they definitely took ownership, uh, and they did that not only like the fact that again it's a it's an exclusive property, arguably on a platform that didn't necessarily like benefit from its exclusivity as <laughs> much as like, almost hurt it maybe in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And even then, like Steam is now finally becoming something. I mean, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is is something that's like coming out uh, with like full support on PC. And there's other fighting games that are like reaching and it's making its way. Killer Instinct. I mean, it's getting there. Um, and I'm glad that like I don't want to say Street Fighter Five pioneered it, but like the fact that they Capcom put cross-platform play and like maybe didn't spend enough time ironing out the kinks, but did so in a, in a way where, like, they stuck with it. That's that's something I can, you know, more or less applaud, and I'm glad that, like, Street Fighter Five is where it's at. I just wish it was where it was at, like, in, in its prime yeah. versus now. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, isn't that the way of Street Fighter, if you really think about it? Has um, been. I mean, it comes yeah. out, and then, like, the iteration that's actually good, like, Street Fighter Four, and then you got Super, which was, okay, pretty good. Then you got, you know ultra and you're like oh ultra is great uh you know or was it ultra street fighter 4 yeah okay i i get the names confused i think and there's um, ultra arcade edition yeah so or no there's super arcade edition so, sorry yeah something like that so like you know like you have to wait for those like various iterations to come out to really get to the you know where it needed to be but yeah that game was not even close to completion when it came out for quite some time 
I just think that Capcom definitely did turn it around. I think if you look at like 2016, maybe going into 2017, there was a real scare that Capcom might not be a thing. Like they were like a lot of articles and news about like, oh, they have like six million dollars left. That's all they have. You know, like they were struggling, I think, there for quite some time. And then, you know, we got like Resident Evil 7 in January and we got uh, MVC came out, which not... In my opinion, a great That's fighting game. That's probably one of my poorly reviewed games. That's like the one thing like, uh, but we got Ultra Street Fighter 2 for Switch. And mm-hmm. just well, like what we've done from there, I think. Poop from a butt, that game. Mm, eh, it's not as know. bad as you might think. It's it's not that bad. <sighs> eh, I guess. I, I was able to one credit clear it, so I'm happy with that. Maybe that, for, uh, maybe that, for, mean, maybe that first person mode is what I'm really pissed about. That, uh. Yeah, but there's even like Legacy Collection um, uh-huh. for Mega Man and oh, the yeah, announcement yeah. of Mega Man 11. Like, and just what they're doing with Mega Man again. Uh, and even then, like, just some of their continued support for titles on Vita, no less. And and the fact that they embraced PlayStation VR the way they did. Uh, they stuck behind Monster Hunter and everything else that they've done. I, I feel like I need to, like, give Capcom, like credit where credit is due and i think they've like really gotten behind with um kind of like you know just trying their hand at certain things too like even then like they were also out of their element with uh, puzzle fighter being released on mobile like they they've kind of gotten behind like we're gonna put the money to distribute this and do it in a way that like could be questionable but like so far we've been able to turn around some money on it and do do some good with it um sony's also done a bit too but like i don't know sony kind of has the resources and they already kind of have the reputation to where they've um they've already done so much and even then like to go every year and be like ah dude sony's publishing this amount of indie games sony's trying like giving way to ideas to like this these many like new innovations and technologies in which they've also done a lot in 2017 between not only vr but like the indies that they gave a shot um i i don't know it's it's between all of these i i really like my heart set on either sony or capcom but surprisingly like i really want to give like capcom uh some credit though i think Ultimately, I think Sony shined just a bit hard. It's just that sh- Sony's been shining in this department for a while. So, like, what, I don't know. What did Sony publish again, though? I missed that part. Well, Sony published Horizon. Uh, Sony's been publishing okay. um, exclusive distribution for a lot of indies or even VR games. There's been, like, dude, just, like, super super Hypercube, which was, like, I mean, I didn't think Polytron could be a thing again. But, like, they were, uh, especially in the fact that, like, that was a brand that, like, Phil Fish helped build, and, like, he's out of the games industry now, mm-hmm. and, like... Well, except for the Super NT. Oh, I didn't... Oh, I totally yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, he designed the interface on that, so hard pass. Ooh. <laughs> that burn, though. Jeez. Damn. Yep. Um, but, I... And Sony's done, like, little different bits and whatnot i mean they also again they worked with activision uh and provided publishing to or or rights within like what they have um in in 
in association with Universal still. Well, no, Universal's not even out anymore. It's all Activision. But because they still retain some of those rights to the original Crash games, they were able to help bring the Insane Trilogy, uh, and trilogy mm-hmm. uh, like out and about. And like those were games that had to be developed from the ground up with Vivendi. And like Sony mm-hmm. was totally cooperative with providing all the code or like direction that they could, so that way they can do that remaster justice. Um, there's there's a pretty good a lot of different too. things. I mean, even then, like, granted, I you know, especially in, in light of the recent news that came out with Quantic Dream, and, like, we all knew David Cage was kind of a piece of shit, but, like, more or less, it's it's definitely souring my... Um, Excitement. Any, any sort of anticipation. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, because I think that's... Uh, I mean, with all the controversy aside, it looks like an interesting game, for sure, but, yeah, I can't really necessarily support that based upon the people that created it or the person yeah there but even then i feel like sony like just what they've done with uh scott benson and his studio for night in the woods like there's just so there's a lot of things that i can give praise to sony for as far as what they've uh supported in the direction that they support and even then like there's been a lot of keep in mind that they they are not like exactly um they are not free from criticisms themselves, though. Like, the God, PlayStation Pro is such a fucking no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I don't know. I think as far as, like, they haven't given really any consumers real reason to purchase one. And I, I think they just kind of put it out there just to kind of get ahead on Microsoft. Yeah. Um, But, like, there isn't much there. And even then, like, I don't know. That... that <laughs> I, I'm not exactly praising Microsoft's handling of the Xbox One X, but I'll definitely, like, I'll give them the, the hands-off as far as, like, the way they've handled it versus Sony. If anything, I'm kind of salty about, like, the like the quiet killing of the Kinect because, like, I actually, I like my Kinect mm-hmm. on my Xbox One, even just for, like, utility purposes. And But there's, there's a lot of other games, like, Crew... Or, like, fucking, dare I say, like, I'll probably still hop in on Crimson Dragoon or, like, uh, Fruit Ninja 2 from time to time. There's a few Kinect games that are, like, still, like, keeping me, like, attached to the idea of, like, having mine connected. But, like, fuck, man. Like, I've, I've never seen, like, a hardware company, like, quicker to, like, put something out to pasture and then just do it so quietly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,. I don't know. Those those are my two. I mean, they're they're other, like, I, okay. So Activision and Blizzard like really like got Overwatch, which is great. I'm glad they've done that. But like, really, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, they haven't really I, done much with Battle.net. They haven't no. done much publish. Like, I'm glad that they. I think my my biggest praise to them is that they. With Overwatch, they made it like a point to publish and support it. Like outside not strictly just on pc like they they worked out of their wheelhouse and comfort zone with overwatch and it paid off for them yeah agreed and i think that they also kind of at least maybe just the blizzard side of things they're like loot boxes are still a problem obviously and theirs aren't the best but at least it doesn't seem as shady as maybe other developers make their microtransactions out to be um which I think is probably like it's it's bad when you can like commend that even though like it's still not great like the drop rates are terrible and they don't really come out and like tell you what the drop rates are for those loot boxes but even them not being as shitty as like other studios 
I guess makes them uh, it makes it okay, which is not the best, but I mean that's kind of what we have. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think Activision Blizzard really did anything monumental. They just came out with a couple of decent games, and, and they support the games they have. But yeah, I'm 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 sad that Heroes of the Storm isn't picking up the momentum that like they thought it would. It might actually like, be like a a big deal, but not like in the landscape of like League, League and Dota. Yeah, it's it's not going to compare to this, but it probably has its own following. Yeah. Um, the why the one I'm interested in though is the. Uh, um, well, however you pronounce it, Nicholas. Nice, Alice. I was actually going to mention that right. too because, yeah. like, there's one thing that they've done that, like, I really want to commend. Um, they published a lot of different titles for the Switch. Oh yeah, done so physically too. It's like titles it's that a you big deal. We're going to make the Switch. But here's the thing. Let's talk about some uh, the aspects of physical games in today's like, landscape. Just in general, yeah. In general, yeah. So like we we yeah, have I, a, there's a lot of people that are clinging to physical media and maybe kind of it's... making a comeback. What's that? I think they're making a comeback. What? Physical games. Uh, ish. Um, I mean, most games nowadays, obviously, we've talked about this before. They're kind of glorified downloads when you look at them, where they yeah. have to be, uh, I, you know, fully installed to your drive and whatnot. Yeah, and they I, don't come with anything. I bought a physical copy of uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on Xbox One, which mm-hmm. by physical I mean it was a cardboard box <laughs> that had a download code voucher inside of it. That was the physical uh, copy. That's and that's taken it to like the absolute extreme. Yeah. Here's here's why Nicholas, in my eyes, is the best publisher this year. Not only are they releasing a lot of their games, which are indie developed, by the way, uh, physically, but you're getting what you used to get with your games. You get a full color manual. You get uh, extras all over the place, uh, and of course, you get a fun to play game. So, for example, when um, when the uh, the Binding of Isaac came out originally on the Switch. It came with a manual that mirrored The Legend of Zelda, huh. almost almost page for page. It was pretty crazy. Uh, but it also came with like three sticker sheets. Uh, Cave Story came out and it had a music CD. It'll Do 2 came out and it had an extra map. Uh, uh, Tiny Barbarian had a keychain. A keychain, yeah. And, and, um, and then The End is Nigh came with a tumor. <laughs> Yeah, a um, little it, tumor. Yeah, uh, but I, all of I them also the... uh, in a little piece of plastic. Sure, to keep it from drying out. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep it from drying out. But again, they all have full color manuals with uh, liner notes, developer interviews, uh, artist interviews, and stuff like that. That really make it like when when you see it in in the box, it it takes you aback, and you're like, holy cow! It's not just a slip of paper that says that I might have epilepsy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And every uh, single uh, uh, every uh, uh, single uh, uh, one has done that. Go to this website for the help manual. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I actually would have to agree with Sarah there cuz like I said, like for all the praise that I gave Sony in in some of the chances that they've done, um uh Nicholas or Nisalis or whatever, we'll get the jury out on that one. Um they have not only gone out on a branch and or I'm sorry, on a limb and given different indie games at same branch but they did so doing it justice bringing like uh because they've also didn't they didn't they also publish it'll do too yeah 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 and like there's so many didn't like so many games that you'd like want to have on the switch like already but like doing so with within the realm of physical media and like i i hope that the like 
in, in especially in that in the landscape where like you have like LRG and God, there's like there's other ones that I can't even like like strictly limited. Oh, there's also what um, I am eight bit. Yeah, I am eight bit. Like, yeah. well, they've only they haven't done a lot. Like, I I bought Res Infinite. They do a lot of vinyls. <laughs> they do. Oh, and their vinyls aren't very the, like the production quality on them. From what I'm hearing, isn't the best. Uh, Michael Ernst one's pretty dope. Um. Right. I mean, in, in when you compare it to data discs, mm-hmm. uh, data yeah. but, discs does. But even but then, anyway. like these other publishers um, don't necessarily have the level of. Um, I, I hate to call them extras because they were standard before. I want to call it traditional publishing. Just yeah, that's actually a great way to look at it. The care, there's yeah. a level of care. At, well, I mean, not that's not to disparage like the other care, but like they go, they definitely go an extra mile, and it's weird. Um. Honestly, I, I kind of want to liken them to like what Working Designs used to do. Like mm-hmm. when Working Designs published something, they really wanted to make it a point. I'm like, we're publishing this because no one else would, and we're we're like we're branding this. Like our games go to eleven. Like this is a fucking thing. And so, I mean, like they said, put the foil foil manuals and like big box collector editions and yeah, to the point where they're like some of the most sought after games. Like years and years and years later, it's insane. Yeah. And like you know, it's kind of like. Nice Alice or Nicholas, they're they're sort of doing the exact same thing again, like for the modern era. Like even though it's kind mm-hmm. of annoying that like you know artificial rarity or you know just mm, I, I'm not I'm not always the biggest fan of it. But like they they try they go out of their way to make it worth your while. Well, not uh, only that, I mean you say artificial scarcity, uh, you can pick up. A lot of these games all are a but lot of one. Yeah, all but one of these games is available with all of the fixings. Still. Oh, wait, which one is it? Uh, they re-released the Binding of Isaac with an alternate cover, and it didn't have the manual. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a limited thing. Yeah, they they started off doing it as a limited thing, but now it's just kind of what it is, which is nice. Um, looking forward, and you're gonna like this, George. They've got uh, Wonder Boy coming out like next week, and the Dragon Strap. See, that's weird, too, because Limited Run did, um, but they are doing it exclusively for the Switch, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're doing it for the Switch. But it's also coming out on the uh, the PlayStation 4 as well. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to have the same level of stuff with it as the Switch version will. Uh, but, I mean, to get all the extras, See, you would need to get the collector's the edition. It's so P- weird, because, like, L- LRG did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't... They, they The thing about LRG is that they... They get the rights to do one specific run, and that's it. Once they're done oh, selling okay. it, they're Dunion Rings. They they don't they don't reprint it. I they don't go back to it. That. That's actually their philosophy. They they won't go back to do any other game ever again. Once it's done, it's done. Once it is done, then another publisher can take it upon they themselves whether in. or not they want to uh, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of LRG at the moment because like there's... me neither. I don't know. I just I don't I don't think it like. I, I think they've become too big for what they can do. They've, bit, they've bitten off more than what they can chew as far as, like, I Infrastructure, don't I don't... definitely, and distribution yes. is... Oh, dude, distribution's yeah. gotten badly. Like, I'm, I'm coming on two months waiting for uh, a copy that I grabbed. Um, what did you get? Which is, oh, I got Windjammers. Oh, I right, yeah. Windjammers mm-hmm. on, yeah. on Vita. Mm-hmm. Good choice, good choice. Um, but my, yeah, you know my what? last LRG release was East uh, Origin. 
Oh, dude. Yeah, Wait. fuck. And I didn't even grab that. But no, no, no. I'm, you know what? I'm spinning around on this. I, I'm with Sarah on this one. I think Nicholas, Nysalis, slash whoever you are, you, the uh, an entity that I can't even truly, like, uh, settle on a pronunciation for, I think you should get the fucking Golden Zonkey in this regard. I honestly agree because I look at you two individuals and I see the backgrounds behind you. I see physical games. I see collector's items and I feel like that should be continuing. I think that you know there should be studios and, and uh, publishers that are putting out product like that. They should be putting out games with all the bells and whistles that you remember. Because how cool was it when you bought a game you got to take the manual with you to school and read it all day? Like You should get excited about games mm-hmm. like that. Who fucking gets excited about a download voucher anymore? Like I, I kind of still do, but I'm fucking weird like that. Like Last one, I, last one was Cuphead. I, and that's because it came with an animation yeah, cell. I like redeeming oh, man, 25 yeah. digit codes. I wish codes. I could have gotten one of those. Like, I like doing that shit, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I, I think physical anything should be supported. And I feel like if they're doing I could that, tell you, hey, that's awesome. If I could tell you how many times I pooped with like a Donkey Kong Country manual in my hands, uh-huh. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't even begin to count the times. Hey, um, uh, has anyone played Uniracers? Remember that I game? Have, that yeah. manual was the best manual of all time. It, really, it was a great manual. It was fantastic. Um, I like the country manuals, too, though, because they put Rare put a lot of humor in it, where, like, oh, yeah. Cranky would just insult... He even, like... <laughs> I think my favorite thing was, like, at the end of the manual, because back in the day, a lot of manuals actually gave you space to write notes. down notes yep. on how to play... Yeah. Agreed. And then, like, I love his commentary in those manuals. I'm like, why even bother pulling this? Do people actually use this section? <laughs> and it's weird, because, like, you... If you were to buy ever something used, complete in box, like, just to see something, like, granted, I hate seeing people fucking write on their games like it's a goddamn bathroom stall, but, like, I don't know, I find it interesting, like, I think one of my favorite things, like, a Wii, for example, a Wii saves and catalogs every day that you turn it on, so to buy a used Wii and then plug it in and just kind of see, like, you can almost look through the, 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 through the lens of the previous owner and like what they did on a weekend did they watch netflix did they play galaxy how many hours did they put into it i always found that really interesting and like manuals were like the old school fucking analog way of doing that um and yeah they're they're like just just bringing that back you just don't I, i love it too that um all switch cases come standard with those brackets like holding a manual yeah, uh, but not all of them are definitely taking advantage. Of it. <laughs> I don't know. It's great. I guess. Um, I'm. Well, go ahead. Ultimately, I want to ask, how does the game taste, though? Oh my god, it's gross. Like, like you want to talk about forbidden fruit? Switch cartridges. Switch cartridges. I want to bring that back. Tw- Why can't we get the kids yep. to eat them? 2018 meme. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. fact. I want to pit one kid on, in the right and another kid on the left in, like, how many it takes for it to kill one or the other. Like, how many how many Switch cartridges did it take to kill this kid versus how many Tide Pods did it take to kill this kid? I'll tell you right now, it'll take way less of a Tide Pod to kill you than Switch cartridges. I, I think it. you could put away at least a good fucking 20 of them before you succumb over. to Switch yeah, poisoning. Yeah, you succumb to some sure, sort of sure. poisoning. So, yeah. um... Yeah, man, I'm 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 with uh, Nice Alice getting the golden zonkey. Cool. Agreed. agreed. You are a winner. All right. 
is uh, this has been a great Golden Zaki so far. Fucking getting getting that much undeserved attention. I'm sorry, undeserved, deserved attention. Yes, that's why we do it. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, the next category, which could probably get a better title, um, especially with every passing year on the internet getting grosser and grosser. Yeah. Um, Everyone's just so jaded the, now. How can you, right? Best hair jerking writing. The game with the best writing or the best tear jerker, like a game that just really just uh, it, it pushes you um, an, out of your comfort zone emotionally or something that invests you in a personal like where it becomes more than a game. We have four nominations. Um, and some of these, you know, in comparison like to others especially there's another game that like i really really wanted to nominate but i feel deserved a nomination another category we'll get to so let's go off these nominations we have uh horizon zero dawn tacoma hellblade suena sacrifice and the end is nigh um and a lot of these definitely have their own way to kind of really just stoke at your at your feelings the, the, like the place in your head that like manufactures said feelings um i think though like i i really want a champion um honestly i want to champion all of these this is probably the hardest one i've come across i i think the weakest of them to be honest my would be horizon zero dawn but really the game is carried by two things that, that that make it like make its dialogue larger than like it had any right to be and i think it's definitely a, has a lot of it has to do with performance uh ashley birch is fucking incredible in this game mm-hmm. like whatever you thought she like was able to do with life is strange i think she killed it with aloy i really really hope that this game uh becomes another property that like sony actually like gives full like I, you know, I did not expect this out of Guerrilla Games. I did not. That's like, it's yeah. a huge surprise in so many ways. And like, the game is such a good game in so many other reasons. But the fact that it did so, and it even subtly incorporated like different choices in a moral system that did not feel like it was shoved down my face. Like, the way, like, like, it was like taking what BioWare has done with Mass Effect and other choice driven games, but doing so very subtly. Um, I really think that Horizon was able to uh, make me feel attached to a character um, in ways that I was not prepared for. So, like, and and it and it did so just because, like, I don't know the perform the execution. Best way I could explain it, execution of it was just like it was fucking. It was just gourmet, bellissimo, fucking yum 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 yum, delicioso. Um, Tacoma. Tacoma, as far as Fulbright, like, I think it's definitely a spiritual successor to everything Gone Home did, only because um, it kind of left less to the imagination and gave you more. And, like, I had mixed feelings about that, but I loved that it gave you so much freedom to do so that, like, there was a team on the space station and that you were given full rain. Like you could, you can definitely expose yourself to everything that was going on, uh, between like all the 
interpersonal like relationships struggles and like monologues that were going on but you could do so all at the same time and actually prioritize what resonated with you more and even get more out of it and do so at a pace that like really felt like interactive storytelling at its finest and there is a lot of good storytelling if anything like i the thing that kind of like throws me off is like how they did the main character because like unlike gone home uh where the main character has very little emphasis on what's actually going on like more or less is like in the in the very definition of the word is a cipher ass cipher like this person exists only to expose you to like these lives and has like this lucid connection and that's it um the main character was really there in a like a recon mission to see what the fuck happened and like kind of has their own background like reflected in a way that like you you can pull out of it what you can and then you can make the attachments versus like it being there out of a point of necessity or obligation. Um, Hellblade we've talked about a little bit and I want Andrew to talk about it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I Okay, and again, that's another nice Alice or Nicholas. Fucking, I don't know how many times we're going to go through that same tired <laughs> joke. Um, the end is nigh. Uh, I'm kind of curious because I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with this game. And as yeah. far as I know, it's a platformer, right? It is. It's one of those. Uh, it's made by, obviously, the same dude behind um, uh, the Binding of Isaac and, by extension, Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic. Yeah, exactly. Or Edmund, yeah. Or, yeah. Ed, Ed McMullen, you're right. Sounds right. Yeah. Um the end is the end is nigh. The, the world is basically just about ended and you know, all, almost everyone is dead. Uh but you uh don't want any part of that and basically you're trying to build a friend out of tumors. So uh the writing is it's pretty funny all the way through. Um but there's like a certain tinge of like nihilistic uh, nihilism throughout the entire thing. You're interacting with the spirits of these uh, of these dead people and and uh, and entities, and it gives you just a sense of despair almost throughout the entire thing. And you kind of wonder why you're even just kind of hanging around after all of this. Um, there's a lot of of vulgarity throughout the entirety of it as well. Uh, which sort of took me aback when I was playing it at my in-laws' house, mm-hmm. uh, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where it's not necessarily a deep story, but it's interesting enough that you want to see what you find along the way. And even though it is a really difficult uh, game to sort of get everything in, because it's 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 basically a rage game. You're gonna die a lot of times, and you know, finding the right path as quickly as possible through certain stages is gonna take a long time. At least along the way, there's little little bits and snippets uh, that give you a glimpse at what this X being's life was, and you know just sort of how it's handling its afterlife. Mm-hmm. And I think that you kind of mentioned a lot there with the writing, and I think that's something we have to kind of remember in this category is the writing. You know, where I think we kind of a lot of times want to like put this category for like sad games or games that are like you know emotional. But I think writing in itself is a lost art in games. I mean, not a lot of games are really focused on the writing ability. And I think this game, from what it sounds like in their previous work, you know, it, it's writing that can be at times vulgar. But most of the time, it's it's pretty hilarious. And, and they try to keep a humor to it all. Um, is there a lot of dialogue, though? Or are you just seeing a lot of, like, of the writing no, in, it's... like, the NPCs that are kind of involved in the game? Or 
well npcs per se they're they are dead right true so okay. it's ba basically they're like ethereal uh after images uh, uh -huh. saying oh hey you know don't touch that ghost or that uh that tumor over there it's the only thing i've got left in this life and they snatch it away from them and sure. basically just wreck their 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 remaining eternity right so mm -hmm. you know little things like that yeah but like okay so so are you the tumor or or, or is just you and tumors no no you collect tumors but tumors, like, tumors are, are are things you can talk to. Uh, no, they're they're like living li living little blobs that you have to collect to make a new friend. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But like, is there is there a certain tumor that's just better than the others? Because if you find the wrong tumor and you only have so long for them to live before the tumor fucking metastasizes into a cancer, <laughs> uh, like is that a mechanic is there a time mechanic? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's just like a Pokemon sort of situation. Oh, gotta, like gotta you catch were a lympho tumor. Like you just like <laughs> you're you're the last guy on Earth, basically. Almost. That's that's why you're trying to make yourself a friend. Oh God. Yeah. Way to really just bring it back. Mm. Like just just ground that thing back in reality. Oh. Um. I mean, okay, but here's my question with it, though. Like, mm. is there times where, like, the game kind of, like, I know, granted, especially with McMullen and, like, what they do with Meepoy or whatnot, there's definitely, like, like it's all tongue-in-cheek, but there's subtle bits of poignant commentary. I mean, in all of it, whether it's... Especially with, like, a game like The Binding of Isaac, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And religion um, and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Mm. Were there moments that stuck out to you that made you, like, you know... A, a, uh, under all the silliness and the absurdities of, of like its aesthetic or like how it went about it, was there just a moment that hit you? I'm like, oh wow, like man, loneliness is crippling and terrible, and like I can't imagine being in this position. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I'm sure we've all felt alone in some way or another. Um, and there, there have been times, like, I mean, think of it how many people have or have had imaginary friends, right? Yeah. So uh, that's a commentary. Like I know there's like neat culture and hikikomori and stuff like that. People shutting themselves away from the world, and I don't know. More and more, it seems like the world is the kind of place that you'd kind of want to be alone, almost. But no one really wants to be alone, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, true that. And, and you mm -hmm. get that from this game. Quite a bit, yeah. That feeling. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I think. What it will like going back to Hellblade, like I think what Hellblade does is it takes that fear, but then it expands upon it because like if left alone to your own devices, every other aspect of like anything from insecurity to paranoia to depression, mm -hmm. it all like materializes in a way that actually affects the senses and does so in such a way that like it it leaves a meta effect on you. Like I said, there is a lot of times where I'm just like, me personally, I think, like everybody kind of has a way they um, they explain or they clarify just like how exactly uh, a panic attack or, or anything of, of like severe anxiety, how it cripples them. And me personally, like, the, it's not even just shortness of breath. If I were to give it like more vivid detail, it's like my skin shrinking to the point where it's tightening and ripping off of my body and it feels like it's ripping off without it actually ripping off and it's 
the worst. I remember getting them so way worse as a kid than I did like as an, and like even then as an adult bad, but like I have vivid, vivid like trauma with getting them as a kid. And how Hellblade kind of does that in certain scenarios to the point where it's really, really affecting. Like I I don't know. I haven't seen like I've seen certain games kind of handle what they do in a way like like life is strange and like again I don't want to spoil it but like I I talked about like there was a lot of times where don't nod kind of uh, handled that very poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, I I now granted I haven't played the sequel or well prequel, um, so there. There might be a, like all those criticisms that I may have made could very well have been addressed, um, but there's a lot of times where like the material there just like like they they were trying to give it the sort of gravity it needed and like they didn't they kind of succumbed to uh, pandering to the shock value of it instead and like I and I definitely fucking hit them for that I don't think I I don't think I got that uh, sensation from Hellblade. Um, like there, there's so so many. There are too few games. Like, depending and like like that dragon, uh, cancer for example. Like that, I can't even really. I mean, that that was an experience that was just really cataloged more than it was something that was emulated. Mm-hmm. Um, but for what Hellblade did and what they were trying to simulate, I think they did an incredible job. Like something that again, I'm. Even like there, there's so much about it. Just like not even the execution within the game, but the execution outside the game. Like they, they realized what they had done and they tried to use it, um, as as a, a means to bring awareness to the issues that they used. Like to the point where they even like they took proceeds that the game earned and within its sales and donated it and into so many different uh, various causes and organizations that work already to help people who suffer through the the various ailments of of the mental variety i Mm -hmm. i really think that while end is nine you know captures a lot of that and or like it touches upon it in a certain way i think it does so in a personal way but i don't know if it does so within a in a way that like hellblade does like I I really feel like they should get it. Tacoma is an incredible interactive story and it's an experience, but like it I think it intrigued me more than it moved me. Like there are times like like Gone Home I was moved. I was moved. I was shown like something that I like I I will take with me especially given like like just a hardship of like having to accept a part of you that like you know is isn't easy to accept and bringing that to light and how it'll affect you and your family gone home did a lot of that and it did it did that well and i'm not taking anything away from tacoma but tacoma kind of expanded upon that in a different way that like kind of homogenized like just the trials and tribulations of like the human element in general not just simply identity um and in doing so i think not necessarily they lost a plot i think they just tried to do more than they could do Hmm. Um, Hellblade just focusing in on like there, there's like there's something completely going on, but you're doing so from a perspective that's so unhinged and so off balance, and then like trying to and like and the way that it not only affects like 
narrative and exposition, but just like deny the dynamic effects that it has on gameplay. I think it did it all very well, mm. and I think it works to get this award. And and you know, I think from the aspect of like what the what the award is for, I don't think it's a writing thing because I feel like maybe game direction, yes, writing not so much because the writing that's there is basically just Senua's internal monologue like her conversation she's having with herself um there are conversations between other people but you know i think ultimately it's it's all being kind of played out inside Mm -hmm. and you're getting access to that conversation so i don't think the writing's necessarily what it is it's game direction but it's also like i I look Mm -hmm. at hellblade as the emotional side of how it made me feel uh how i felt going into it i think that for a lot of people going into this game you're not going to have the same feeling because there are people that deal with a lot of what is discussed in the game. There's some that do not. I personally don't know what it's like to go through a lot of the things that are conveyed in the game, like uh, anxiety, depression, uh, you know, I mean, they, they deal with like, you know, schizophrenia. They deal with a lot of different things that people do deal with or have dealt with in the past. Going in, I felt like I could see through those eyes or I could hear through that, like hear that voice and kind of see what it's like to be in that kind of mind. And it's, it's terrifying. Um, and it kind of made me think, wow, like I take a lot of things for granted. You know, I take a lot of things. I mean, there's a lot of things that I don't have to deal with that other people do. And I, I don't know what that's like. And to kind of somehow see it portrayed in a game. Um, like I said, like not, not to like, you know, perfection, but they tried really hard to get that, that feeling. Uh, of what that's like and for some people it may be different but just to make me feel like that and to be like man like i take a lot of shit for granted i take a lot of things and and i don't really give it the full gravity of what it's dealing with and now i see that as something on my part that i need to do better you know like it actually made me more aware aware and more conscious of like what you know that has to be like and I think that's a that's a that's a great thing for a game to accomplish. Um, and I don't think it is a writing thing. I think it's just from an emotional standpoint. Like it made me like I was laying my feelings bare. You know, like it was a lot of raw emotion going on in, in experiencing that. And I think that's an impactful thing to come out of a game. So I think from an emotional standpoint, that's why I think that it should take it because of like it's not the writing, which is unfortunate because I feel like a lot of games don't have excellent writing. It's kind of a lost art. In a lot of games nowadays, I think that you I think know. for the what it what it does right, especially like again, it's supposed to put you in this headspace and how mm-hmm. it does so. I mean, you could attribute mm-hmm. that to a lot. I mean, it's performance, it's execution, yeah. it's direction, it's definitely direction. But like, if you don't have good writing to work with, if you don't have like you know what, there's only so much all those other elements can carry mm-hmm. on itself before it kind of falls in on itself. So I don't know. So I, but it, it has to have the initial structure <clears throat> in order to support right. it. Yeah. Okay. You are winner. Yeah. Uh, last year, didn't um, uh, the Last Guardian take it? The Last Guardian did take it last year. Perfect example. Then, yeah. Yeah. So perfect and, example of what you're trying to say there, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. So I, I personally think, in, as far as making you feel something, especially where it, like it doesn't necessarily have to be dialogue. It can just essentially be just execution, direction, and everything of that nature. I yeah, I'm 
totally cool with giving this a Hellblade. Yeah. Um, cool. Nice. Well, this one, this one's going to be kind of challenging because, like, we kind of have, like, a whole fucking wrinkle in it. Um, the next category is uh, the best portable. Best portable game. Game. And now I'm just like, like, you know. Can't you just I mean, put, every, like, Switch every single Switch game is yeah. portable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I don't wild know. Wild card. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, we, okay. Yeah, we haven't settled on one being a wild card. So, fucking, I mean, I, I think this would definitely be appropriate. But uh, just for the sake of, like, you know, let's give. Let's give these other games a shout out All before right. we, we. Okay, so the nominations that we have here, um, we have Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, Metroid: Samus Returns, uh, The Binding of Isaac: Afterbirth Plus, and Dragon Quest VIII. So, what would be the wild card for this illustrious list of nominations, there? The entire Nintendo Switch. Ooh. Fuck no, dude. <laughs> We can't do that, man. It's a fucking not a game. <laughs> we can't do that. You, I, I'm, I, I'm satisfied with the rest of the nominations in our in our show here this uh, this year. So I, I figured I'd throw that uh, throw that out at least right. for a, t- a tiny bit of consideration, All but right. mostly for a joke. Fuck. But but well, honestly, Hold on. I, 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 I want to hear this out. Plead your case. I yeah, actually yeah, please by all means. All right. Like, okay, so uh, it's got. Some of the best home console games, right, ever to be released in their respective genres, but it's also portable, so you can bring that exact experience with you anywhere you might be. Mm. I hate this because he's so right. He is, but I, okay, like, so he's like, so right. I hate this. I, I mean, don't I think mean, we, uh, can we do this? I mean, I mean you, let's would, let's think would, of it. Would let's you actually, think of it. Would you actually Legend... just say like the entire Switch library would be the best portable game? <laughs> no, the yeah, Switch itself. <laughs> the, the Switch itself, best portable game. I mean, I mean, but it's not a game. It's hardware. Yeah, I know. But I mean, think of this. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna bring this up. I'll show the you. The only way you. I'm cool with doing this is if we use. Eh, all right, no, no, no. All right. The only right. way I'm cool with doing this is if we technically nominate golf for the NES because it's uh, every Switch has a copy of golf, ah. and that was like <laughs> that's not the anymore. Only way I'm not cool anymore. with that. They patched it out. This oh, is insane. Very this recently, is completely insane. Every genre is represented here. In this Dude. in this system, god damn it! That's and it's tough. it's easily accessible at any given time. I just need to do that, and now I'm playing a Neo Geo game. But right? but 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 you're saying so, how great the hardware is, and not like a portable game. Like if it was best portable hardware, true, hundred percent, absolutely. I'd go. Yeah, it's really hard because <laughs> this is a game. Yeah. Like fuck. I okay. What's the one but thing think- on Switch that every single person has? I'll I'll tell I'll I'll put it to you this way then. Okay. Think of like all those old people. Like we're old, right? But like the really old people. They're like sure. take your game and go somewhere else. Like, and they're like, talking yeah. about the system itself, right? Like, so like Grandpappy. Grandpappy has a, yes, has exactly. a game system. Yeah. yeah. I'm that old but okay, we're that old age where like people older than us and younger than us don't know how to work a fax. That's a weird fucking age we're in. Oh god, you're right. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's so... kind of fucked up. Like, like that's the technology we're taking with us, really. Facsimile. Oh. No, thank you. <laughs> mm, but anyway, dude, why? God, all right. 
It's broke my brain. It's only um, because that this, I, I hate to say this, this category does not have a lot of heavy hitters. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like, it, like Metroid, I mean, okay, I, 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 would mean say, I say Metroid's Metroid really good. It. Metroid would probably take it for me. The, um, I, I gave, I gave a it a game. perfect score. I it's love everything they've done with it. Like, especially with, okay, Mercury Stream, like, what, what they, Ugh. everything they've done, yeah, lately, yeah, like, like that, that almost seemed like nah. a, I, I didn't mind Lords of Shadow, but, like, even then, like, their portable Castlevania game was yeah. dumb. Yeah. Just that's, it, a, that's, a, that's what I meant, yeah. Just, sir, granted, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you loud and clear, and, like, you're making really good arguments, but, like, what... I don't know, man. I wanted to pick like a singular title. <laughs> I mean, the, the Switch came out, sure. I mean, fuck. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of it. I just wonder if this I, is there just kind of going like, low, 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 low. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Half. I wouldn't even bit. say three quarter three quarters trollolo, but I mean, okay. you, you guys have been putting some thought into it, so maybe I'm on to something. Hey, hey, hey! You know, <laughs> you you give us food for thought. That's for sure. Yeah. That is food. No, it like I, you know, if they patched out golf, then I can't feel good about it anymore. I'd almost <laughs> say I'd almost say that'd be the way to. Well, in 2017, it was still there. It was fuck. I I you actually kind of like that it. idea, of saying, "Hey, golf for the Switch," because everyone had it and everyone had a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't know they had it. Nope. <laughs> Fuck. Did they really patch it out though? Like uh, that. That's that's the last I had heard that they had a patch where it was removed. Um, yeah. No explanation. It seems like such a terrible thing. Can we rescind that Nintendo nomination from before for best studio? <laughs> I think that's, they only do. I, I think they're only doing it because they might have something else in the works for it. But yeah. I think if it's I'm been surprised. replaced with something else, then yeah. But because golf I, is yeah. They're very, dude. They're a very secretive and protective company. So yeah, imagine a surprise being ruined. I guarantee that that like that was just a, just a, a fucking knee jerk response, being like, we want to still do something with this, but now that people are on to us, we can't yeah. do it. Yeah, I'm sure they had something planned for Awada, but they probably and also like with the console, the virtual console stuff, probably pretty intimate. In in. Eminent. 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 Thank Eminent. you. That's yeah. what I was trying to say. Eminent. Yeah. Hey, I still can't say Leguizamo. So uh, Leguizamo. You know, th that's another. Is it thing Leguizamo that's, or is it actually Leguizamo? Leguizamo. It, it, okay, okay. What? 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 When did I miss the meme train of For like, the new Rickroll being the pest intro? You got uh, Dan Reichert. He's what? the one to blame for that. He he mentioned it on a giant bomb cast, I think, at one point in time, or a beast cast. And what is then this? some like some like other people in the industry like. The Macroys picked it up, and a couple other people picked it up, and now yeah, it's everybody's just... been really picking up on it now. I mean, yeah. So it, instead it, of it, Rickrolling, it's just the intro to the pest because it's like the worst four minutes ever. It is. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's really that movie. It's a, it's a really so bad, bad movie from the '90s starring John Leguizamo. I think it was probably after okay. Mario Brothers. It was probably like the next thing he did, uh, or pretty close to it, and it's it's pretty god awful. It's like a yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think what I can compare it to. Like, it's like Bebe's Kids, but not animated. Oh, dude, that's an incredible, that is the most Cause, apt cause, fucking... Because fucking Bebe's Kids, like, I don't know why I'm watching it, but I'm watching it, I'm like, what the fuck is this? No, bro, dude, try playing it. Oh, yeah, I heard try the game's Try playing it on, on SNES, man. Yeah. It's... <sighs> fuck. 
Okay, but portable know. game, I would say as much as I'd like to give it to golf on uh on the Switch, I, I'm gonna go with Metroid. <laughs> I just feel I'm like going Met- it's a good portable game in a, in a category that I don't think had a lot of them, but that does open up the question of what are we gonna do next year for best portable game? Does every Switch game kind of like I think become if a it's nomination? a Switch game if it's a Switch game, it like like basically Switch games are up for nomination. Like which, if which, they, if fuck they... man, I mean that's that's crazy enough in itself. Like that's gonna be <laughs> a crazy category. That does that does that open point. it up, yeah. And so. like just to keep in mind for those who are just probably, you know, snorting or fucking scoffing at this, like I mean, the Switch is fully, is exactly the way Sarah described it. This isn't no remote play bullshit. This uh-huh. isn't like, like it is portable in every shape of the word. In fact, there are some games that are entirely portable only. Um, which, you know, it's kind of a bummer, but that's only because they use the touchscreen uh, intimately and they cannot, like you can't really generate that from the dock. I should have um, nominate. I should have actually used my wild card for the Switch eShop. That would have worked. Uh, <laughs> we would probably. It's all there. The whole uh, yeah, it's, the whole catalog is there. <laughs> it's still an app though. Can't do it. <laughs> but can the Switch play Netflix? No. Not yet. Mm. It's like interviewing yeah. Siri for a okay. job. You can't do it. Like <laughs> she'll have all the answers. Or can you? Yeah. Oh no, Siri! I'm Siri's become like, dude. If I can shit on anything, it, it's with every update. Siri's just gotten worse. I hate using it now. I don't know why. I've become so accustomed to trying to use nice. it, and giving it a chance, and it's all terrible. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, dude, Metroid: Samus Returns. It, it basically, if you're familiar with Metroid Two at all, you it, it will strike all those chords with those who play the shit out of it, but like also reintroduce an entirely new game, and it does so. Um, even if you're not familiar with it, if you love Fusion, if you love Prime, and especially if you love Super Metroid, you're getting all that. It's a fucking smorgasbord of, of Metroid uh, service, and it's done in, in such a wonderful execution. Um, also, I really want to stress, and I know this may sound silly, um, and, I, and I made a big point about it in my review... But it is one of the few Nintendo 3DS games that actually uses the stereoscopic 3D mode to its advantage. And it is probably the best-looking 3DS game in 3D. Like, bar none. Fucking best 3D uh, game on the 3DS. Like, there's so much that pops and so much that gives uh, the level vibrance that it even helps with uh, certain... uh, aspects of the level that you interact with and work with in a in a way that like it didn't have like that that sort of telegraph that tell that other metroidvanias would and and the fact that it adds to it by using the 3d to its advantage and creating like this vibrant world and 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 working it dynamically to the gameplay is i i is it was insane to me i fucking love uh, Samus Returns, and I'm so like it is definitely a game that I play mostly in 3D, which is crazy to who me does because that? Yeah. it released. Who does that? <laughs> yeah, it was released like we we've like even Nintendo abandoned it. Yet like these developers are like, no, fuck it, we're gonna do that. Like, I I absolutely love like what they've done. Like it is it is a game that defines the 3DS like so elegantly. Like I. 
it, it is like a, a tech demo, an incredible game. Like, it, I, I cannot sing its praises enough. Um, and aside from that, like, Pocket Camp really had its hooks in me for like the first three weeks, and now like I haven't brought myself to like log back in. I've already dumped twenty dollars into it. Um, I still need to write about it and my thoughts, and like probably go back into it. But like, I thought it was a neat experiment, something that was uh, I didn't think that could be done well, um, and I was wrong. It was done well. The one issue is it was not sustained well. <laughs> it only la- <laughs> like. Like, guys, I played Pokemon Go for five hours today. I did not fucking think I'd do that, but I did it. And I have a, I, I got a, I even caught a shiny Pikachu and a shiny hey. Raichu. Yeah, me too. That's kind of weird. Yeah, they were more common because of the community event. Good event. Okay. Uh, okay. But, um, yeah, it, goddamn, dude. Um, I was, uh, I was more enamored with Animal Crossing than I thought I'd be. And then Afterbirth was, like, it was an incredible uh, example uh, of the Binding of Isaac uh, formula. Like, Afterbirth Plus, I should say, because we reviewed Afterbirth. That's on everything else. But they added Mm -hmm. even, they found a way to add even more to it. But, yeah. We we covered uh, Afterbirth Plus in Bullet Heaven, actually. And, um, like, that that was one of my nominations. I don't know. I think being able to play that game for as long as you could, uh, and it's got the kind, the right kind of challenge that it's it's hard but not impossible. And it's got the like, it works really well in the portable interface. Yeah, collectability and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot to it that works well for the, for the kind of of uh, system that the Switch is. I'm I'm gonna go with I'm I'm leaning hard into Metroid. I'm sorry. I I love like that game it was it was just done really really well like it is a must own for the 3ds i think just any game that can incorporate the 3d part of the 3ds like it's like an uh metroid prime uh three corruption came out for the wii which i think was that the only yeah, one that it came did on the so wii? well for the wiimote exactly like they're like oh shit like this actually works i think if it can do that then that kind of it embraces and also enhances the hardware because of the way the game is made i think that's a big deal so yeah, I would go with Metroid as well. You are winner. Well, I've never really been a fan of the Metroid series, to be honest, so I'll have to concede it to these two. But, um, but yeah, looks like it's going to Metroid. But you also it, weren't it, a fan it, of Nintendo for a long time, so who knows? Maybe you'll come. Yeah, around. there we go. Dude. Maybe. No, like, I I genuinely don't like Metroid. It, it's but an acquired what, but taste. But what if? But what if Metroid was a female? <laughs> Wait, or no? Hold on, I see what you did. You got there. it. You got it. <laughs> which one? Going. Which one's Zelda? Commit. Um. Fuck. Mother Brain or something. I don't know. I actually don't know a lot about Metroid. I just know they're okay games. <laughs> Better than um, okay. So wait, I find it weird though, because but you're into some Metroidvania games. Are you just don't you don't like the way Ish. Metroid does it? Ish. I just um, I I don't know about the lore. I mean, me personally, but yeah, like yeah. So like. What what kind of Metroidvania games are you into, sir? I'm not. I'm oh. not really into Metroidvania at all. There's oh. very rare exception, and even like the ones that incorporate shoot 'em up elements, I'm just kind of really on the fence about. Ah, oh, what, what if Metroid was shmup? Uh, Metroidvania is my fuck it. It's my secret favorite genre. Well, anything I played a game. It was called Earth Atlantis. That was literally a shmup Metroidvania, and yeah. uh, it was iffy. Okay. 
Well, oh, but but Rive Ultimate Edition, that's a shmup Roidvania kind of too, and it was excellent. So I guess that would be the uh, <laughs> the exception to the rule, I suppose. Uh, yeah, at least one. That's good. Eh. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad we gave Metroidvania the Golden Zaki. The next category, which always kicks our asses and always go has his hemming and hawing and going, mm, I don't know, because uh, uh, there's usually so many good choices. Uh, <clears throat> is the best indie game 2017? Best indie game. Uh, and the nominations are Night in the Woods, Cuphead, Kamiko, and Pyre. This is gonna be easy. Okay, so Pyre, I would probably take off just because it's a good game, but compared... Uh, now, okay, what, what what's Kamiko or Kamiko? Kamiko is... Um, I don't know who developed it, but, like, it was one of those rare examples where, like, when you found out that the Switch was region-free and you could actually, like, just download some exclusive... And what's funny is it made its way over here. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, like, it is a uh, roguelike top-down... A shooter, but like ish. done ish. Yeah, it's it's a roguelike Zelda shooter style kind of game because like, there's it's a lot rogue of roguelite. Zel- yeah, I would say roguelite. In a lot of ways, yeah, roguelite. Um, um, but less shooter. It's, a- it's more like action. I mean, but, okay, because yeah, because the characters action, yeah. only shoots. I forgot. There's a lot of them hack and slash. Yeah. I mean, it it really reminds me of like taking all these little elements. Um, uh, the visual style kind of reminds me a lot of Hyper Light Drifter, mm. um, but you are essentially moving through uh, room upon room upon room um, in like procedurally generating dungeons or like they're set dungeons. I, I can't recall. I played. They're um, set dungeons, but there's an emphasis on time attack. Yes, that's what it is. Um, I I know I I put a good chunk into it. Like it's definitely a great game to like just take. You know, in like yeah. when you're done playing on the TV, you could just take anywhere with you, and you can keep it going. Like it's especially for five bucks, like yeah, it it's really good. I it does a lot of new things, but like it it I don't know, it doesn't necessarily reinvent the wheel. Mm. Um, I honestly like if I were to really think about like indie games that really really like got under my skin, um. I would have to like either go with Night in the Woods or Cuphead, and this is a really difficult choice for me personally, because mm-hmm. Night in the Woods, like, I really, really wanted to nominate it for best writing, but I thought like it didn't just get the writing right; it got everything right. It it tells such an amazing story, especially for like if again there, that's another game that really tackles mental health. Mm. Uh, in like how you address it or work with it in in such an amazing way, but it like it has such an amazing commentary over just like a uh, small town life and like a small town upbringing. I'm like, you guys know like what fucking Corbin Burnson directed some shitty movie about Christian Mingle here, uh, and then like the bigot homophobic asshole that invented Earthworm Jim was also raised here. So like we don't have a lot going on. Like basically just on those two. Uh, descriptions alone you would think I live on the fucking Bible Belt or something mm-hmm. um, and it, you could argue that I probably do because it's the Central Valley um, could but, we call you a belt hole? Jesus yeah kind of this is fucking don't laugh there, it's there, not funny hey I know it, it's kind of <laughs> like uh, there, there isn't a whole lot progressive that's here um, but with 
with how it tra it tackles like uh, just small town Americana and like just even the decline of the industrial like revolution and just like things that like used to like make uh, like a local economy thrive and how it didn't how it affected everyone personally and like the the social politics and dynamics of of the township in it and the younger generation in it like especially with them becoming so disenfranchised with like like what the ideal form of living is. again like you you're it's starring a college dropout somebody who just wanted to do it but couldn't do it can't talk about it and like has such a weird sense of like self-loathing and yet pride and how they go about it and then like you have all of these different friendships uh, and the the various influence and attention that you can give them, and you're you're sort of picking up pieces that you had no idea were left behind until you get further in, and how it touches that and sort of feeds into that. I I don't know. It's incredible. And like the game's artwork and and the way it's it's such a vividly like engrossing game, to the point where like you have you really do play like a a sort of second life into it. In in fact, hell, there's a fucking there's a meta game within it where you can actually play a 2D Dark Souls ass kind of version. It plays actually very similar to Kamiko, believe it or not. It's uh, actually <laughs> fucking funny. I didn't really make that connection until now. Um, but like, just the the, the the exploration and just like uh, how you develop yourself and the choices that you make and what you decide to invest in the sort of like, I, I don't know, the, 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 the different mechanical um accomplishments that you can get from the game because you put like it all has a commentary on itself like i've never played a game that was aware of what it was saying and how it was saying it but still remain true to what it was trying to do in the game and do it so well and there was a lot of moments like especially like later on to where like i it was what they covered was really sad what they covered was real and, and it made me stop and think. It made me question how, like, you know, if I'm going to conduct myself like this game, what does that say about me and the relationships that I keep and and how I treat those around me and, and what, how do I take my actions into consideration and the effect that they have on other people? Like, the game has a wonderful way of conveying that and making and putting you in that thought process and, and doing it in a in a wonderful way while still like making the game itself very enjoyable to play also if there's one thing i love because again you get back as much as you put in um one of my favorite moments and i love that scott like kind of incorporated that he took that from shenmue is like you have a notepad that you can't i don't i still can't figure out if you can complete fully but like things that you do are jotted down in a in a journal way but with doodles and like <laughs> kind of like you know Pushing in a in a in a direction, going with it, whatever resonates with you or what's what's comfortable is great, um, and it, and it's just done so in a, such a lighthearted way where it even it pokes fun at itself. Like you know, like sometimes it just really sits back and like m tries to like convey that it understands how fun it is to just jump up and down in a two D space and like through this town, like just fucking hopping up and down on a telephone wire. If it, it, it there's even buildings that it challenges you. I'm like, you know, you feel like you could get on that roof, and there's a way to get to it, but like, it's kind of really tricky and cryptic, especially for like the limited platforming that the game has. But the fact that it does have it, like, it actually has a triple jump. 
in it. Um, it doesn't explain the triple jump very well, but the fact that it has a triple jump similar to like the Mario, like the new Super Mario Brothers or 3D Mario Brothers games, is just really great and cheeky within itself. Like I, I don't know everything that that game does. I'm, I'm so happy that it's coming to the Switch. Like uh, <laughs> the expanded content. Like I, I, now that I know it's coming to the Switch, I, I hope Sarah picks it up. Um, I hope Sarah definitely plays it. I hope everyone plays it, but like it. It was definitely a game that, like, it sinks its hooks into you in, in such a deceptively wonderful way. Um, and, uh, man, I can go on about Cuphead, but, like, <sighs> Cuphead's kind of a different deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, everything about Cuphead drips with the kind of quality that you'd expect out of a run-and-gun video game. Um... But more so than anything else, I think its art direction really puts it over the top. Yeah. Um, as a as a huge fan, I know George is a big fan of this era of cartoons as well. But like the the early '30s uh, animation is is one of my favorite things. Um, it, it, it's troubling too because I love Fleischer and I do, but yeah, like now that we have this awareness, like me personally, I'm having a, a sort of conflict because there's a lot of racist bullshit that like, exactly and that's what yeah. i mean like sans racism that's it's my favorite sort of era of animation it's everything is so exaggerated when it comes down to design and and motion and uh even very subtle things like eye movement is just over embellished in ways that just isn't done anymore and i think studio mdhr really nailed it on the head without going to the extremes that uh, their their predecessors had in terms of um social social cultural and uh, racial sensibilities uh, they did definitely go to some extremes though cuz like they their life was going to be it was ruined a couple. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that fucking game did not do their life would have been ruined oh, yeah, if no. that game did not do well no no it's true uh, and, and it's it went I, I, from what I understand, more than swimmingly for them. Um, if they do do another one, it should be '80s themed with all the all the. Oh light my god! In. I think that'd be pretty yeah, cool. That'd be pretty but uh, but Cuphead uh, also, you know, it ha- it has a lot of uh, of great features under the hood as well like the, the way that uh you know you can sort of double jump right out of the gates and uh you know the the bosses that you fight are so super creative stuff happens in the background comes to the foreground um it's not perfect although it did get a five out of five from us on bullet heaven uh, it was our first ever imperfect five um it may not have been a hundred percent innovative when it comes down to the actual gameplay aspect but the visual stylings where it was so perfectly animated and there was just the right amount of color bleed and uh, and film scratch. And there were even additional unlockable modes that either yeah. made it monochrome or two-tone color uh, because Technicolor was trademarked in the early 30s. Um, only Disney, I believe, had access to Technicolor. So mm-hmm. a lot of other studios used a red and blue composite in place of actual color. Uh, in their animation until Technicolor, of course, finally became available to the masses. And that's actually represented in there as well. Uh, uh, even inconsistencies with uh, within the designs as well. Like there are times where Cuphead's uh, shoes are brown. Other times they're red. That was intentionally put in. Yeah. gloves are yellow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, just the, the care and detail put into that and to have it run so smoothly. Also... Like, 
Yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I really want to, I think you were getting into that. So sorry if I did interrupt you. Um, I, if we did have a category, which we've been mulling over best soundtrack of the year, I would vote it. Yeah. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Soundtrack was Absolutely. outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. I, I play a lot of big band style music actually in real life. And, uh, and yeah, I would, I would absolutely love to find like a score for this. If they, if they sold music books for this, I would buy it. Mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, like I, so happy that like the vinyl is still readily available and definitely worth a purchase. Like, uh, Floral Fury, I swear gets played at least a couple times oh. a week. Oh my! Oh, it's so oh <laughs> dude, it's just so upbeat. It gets it's it, so it, good. It's, it's so oh, but like, I I I mean the game in itself is still like more than the sum of its parts in terms of presentation like there's there's a lot to it i think the game is punishing but it does reward commitment it there's there's a lot of things there that are done very intricately i think the one like the biggest issue that i have with the game is the fact that a lot of its um a lot of the challenge actually hinges from rng uh that i'm not the biggest fan of which uh, again does make the game like difficult for speed running but like i fuck i how am though? too hmm how how does it make it difficult for speed running no rng where's the random number generation and a lot of the attack patterns oh my mm. god the siren mermaid that that whole fight is rng that whole yeah. fight is rng Ish. Um, I mean, you're still doing the same amount of damage though so no, it's just but, a matter like, of dealing with the uh with the patterns that's all um, I personally, I think, um, the patterns though, they don't have a, a set order of succession and they can be interchanged like that. Like yeah, the timing. Most, most shoot 'em ups have that sort of a, a function to them though. I don't know. I think there's, um, I, I think there's a little bit, uh, more to like just the randomness or the the erraticness of it like especially in the last boss fight um and there 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 are certain ones and like keep in mind like i i think i i have the right to like say that because like dude and like I, and i'm not saying that like sarah's better than me at these games but i also put more fucking time into this game that like i had any intention to i am <laughs> Two achievements away from getting all the goddamn achievements in this oh, stupid game. That last and one's like, gonna be a bitch. The last one, if you're, yeah, I'm trying to get an S on everything, and I just mm-hmm. I can't. Like, I got an A on everything, an A plus mm-hmm. on everything. Yeah. But like, to get a goddamn S, like, even like the frogs, for example, like what makes them? It's not even a matter because like you have to do so without damage. You also have to get all your parries, mm-hmm. and like you have to get your supers out of the way. They add other um, bits of criteria and modifiers that work it to where, like, where one pattern would happen, one attack pattern would happen on its own before another attack pattern would happen. Uh, multiple attack patterns are not happening at the same time, making it near impossible not to get hit. And not only that, when you do do it, if you took longer than two minutes, like, period, even maybe longer than a minute 58, done. You yeah. fucking, you missed out on the S grade, which really grinded my gears. Um... But yeah, no, there's two left that I have. I definitely, lo- I don't want to spoil it, but there's a lot of cool homages to uh, game, like a, a game that really inspired those brothers to make Cuphead was Gunstar Heroes. And you see that oh, big yeah, time mm-hmm. in that game. 
Uh, I love like the touch they uh, threw in there. Um, I still don't know how you can enjoy Cuphead, but not Alien Soldier. That's kind uh, of because bad. fucking Alien Soldier <laughs> is garbage. It isn't it, it is, Cuphead is a refinement of every, like. How dare you compare those two? Alien Soldier, Fuck the no. predecessor to Cuphead. No, yeah, absolutely not. I I hope those two fucking never say anything of the like. They just stick with, oh yeah, dude, Gunstar Heroes, not that trash alien soldier. Jesus Christ, that is the Chinese democracy of fucking treasure. Mm. Like that is <laughs> such a, it is such an. Oh, I always thought that, that was Ron McDonald. Um, no, no, that was Ron actually McDonald's a really good. Game. It's actually yeah. not bad. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That that yeah. part just before the train with the rabbits, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Anyways, uh, I was going to say um, that one, Stretch Panic. Fuck that game. Uh, I don't mind Stretch Panic. It's dumb. It's all right. It's, it's Silhouette it's Mirage was like kind of weird, but it's because we got the it's shooters. On the, yeah, I mean, it's kind of Ikarugan a lot of ways, but... it Pretty much. But anyway, yeah. um, I, I want to give this to Night in the Woods, but I think Cuphead also... Readily deserved because there was a lot of heart and a lot like again, I, I I talk about games that stick with you, like I like I I've never played a game that like furthermore just like really emphasized like that just one more, just one more, like it's gross how many hours I've put in a Cuphead, but mm-hmm. I I really want to give it to Night in the Woods, so I'm gonna stick with that. Sarah, you're kind of going into the camp of Cuphead, it sounds like. Obviously, I'm going to Cuphead. Sure, sure. You can see All right, it. Yeah. yeah. It's been there the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for people uh, listening to the audio version, which awesome. is the only version that we have, uh, <laughs> he's pointing the at... The Devil Mugman. Yeah, yeah, he's pointing at the various yeah. Cuphead merchandise that he's acquired. Um, it's true, yeah. I've even got... Check this out, guys. This is pretty cool. I've, uh, I've got a, uh, a Cuphead mug. Oh, shit. Oh, look at that. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're comically large. Love me some cuphead. I would say out of the two, I, I I've heard a lot of great things about both. Uh, I have not played either, so it, this my decision is strictly on just impact of the game. Uh, I've heard good things about both. I've really heard a lot of good things about Night in the Woods, especially the story and and the emotion that goes along with it. But I gotta give it to Cuphead. I just feel like that game is has flawless it, execution in what it does and what it incorporates. I don't think the gameplay maybe is perfect. Especially since it's a hard as fuck game, but at least there's co op. So like maybe someone can help you get through oh, it. No, 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 no. The co op makes, makes it worse. harder. Makes it worse. It makes oh it well then fuck that. Yeah. Well, well no, well, okay. The one thing it I'm does alright. If you're trying to be a perfectionist, yeah, it's impossible. Okay. But if you just want to play the game and beat it, then yeah, it is actually. That's yeah, that, that's kind of what I want. Yeah, I'm not. Because there's a mechanic. If you get hit, if like you lose all your life, if you lose all your hit points and uh-huh. then you're floating off, I can actually parry you back to life and give mm. you an extra hit point. There you go. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so good. But yeah, I think Cuphead just from the excitement and the buzz that the game was generating when it came out finally, uh, into how it actually was received. I think that you know, I think that's really the definition of an indie game is to break those barriers to be as exciting as a AAA title, but with the budget and essentially was what a two man team pretty much. 
I yeah. mean, really. I, I mean, think that's... they had like, a grand total of seven people. Yeah, that's... including the muse, like the, the composer. I, I I love that game for how like it's weird because, like I said, as Sarah mentioned, it does leave out a lot of like the more like troubling aspects of the era mm-hmm. that it takes on, but it's still it by no mean shape or form tries to conform or otherwise dilute that for what's like more like it it doesn't try to it's still very adulterated especially like like some of like there's a lot of disturbing shit in that Mm -hmm. game still that like is just wonderfully reminiscent of the same kind of disturbing shit that you saw from any sort of Fleischer cartoons yeah so it kind of incorporates the good and the bad of that generation or that that era yeah 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 the good and like the acceptable. Sure, sure. I, I would say. <laughs> gotcha. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I can. You know what? Hey, man, Cuphead deserves it in mm-hmm. its own way too. Fuck it. I'm I'm just glad like Night in the Woods at least got heard. But yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in it for sure. Like it's one of those games. Like I think with like kind of like how Gone Home was, where I played Gone Home way after the fact. But actually getting a chance to play it and not having it spoiled was like one of the best experiences in gaming that I had. I could see something like Night in the Woods being that for me, like playing it after the fact, but then getting into it and not really knowing a lot about it um, and, and having that experience. So that might be it, like my 20. 20- there's a lot of replayability with it. Yeah, too. that could like, that could be like my 2017 game of 2018, you know, something like that. Yeah. All right, so. man. Cuphead gets it. You are winner. Yo, so I don't even know why we're talking about this one. We already know it's going to win. But fuck it. Let's let's do it. The next Golden Zonkey. Do, do we though? It's kind of know. a hard one, yeah. Kind of a hard one. Best Japanese That's what she game. Said. Best Japanese game. <laughs> um, the nominations are for the best Japanese game. Uh, Persona Five. Near Automata. Yakuza Zero. In Battle Garega Revision 2016, if I remember um, right, that Battle Garega Revision 2016, Sarah, you got like the dope ass box with the yeah. Okay, I remember seeing yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it, it it is Revision 2016, but it was released in North America in 2017. So it qualifies for the Xbox One and the uh, PS4. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn, didn't even know that. Um. Okay. I, what's funny is like I want I've been trying uh, to really scope out Yakuza Zero mm-hmm. and really want to and especially uh, I played a, like a little bit of it but I have super super sunk my teeth into Kiwami and the fact that Kiwami is just basically the Zero engine makes me only more excited for Zero. Um, however, honestly, if I were to look at any of these, um, I have. No, I haven't touched Persona Five. I've only seen it. I love I love some of the soundtracks mm. that are some of the songs that I've heard from the soundtrack in it. Um, oh yeah, it's really good stuff. Yeah, like I'll just like I don't know how many times I've already caught me caught myself just singing. You'll never see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Happens all the time, dude. All the time. But really, I I personally think I'm I'm going to throw my weight behind near automata um only because there's i don't think i've really seen a different game blend so many other mechanics and in dynamics into it so well within itself uh and 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 make something feel so cohesive yet so like fucking 
weird and just keeps everything on like you're just constantly on your toes i man i i could go on and on but i really 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 enjoyed near automata and i think it's it's done what it's done so well um you were mentioning like ikaruga earlier like there's elements from that that are taken there's elements from bayonetta there's elements from like the original near game like near has always been kind of like that weird and it like the whole thing was just a fucking spin-off from drakengard yes um which yeah. i don't know by caveat first right and no i i really want to say it it was still done by um kuzihoro or 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 yato what what fuck i always forget the dude's name is this the same guy that like blocks everyone or is that a different guy Oh, no, that's no, Kamiya. Hideki Kamiya, uh, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, in a strange twist, I blocked him first. Oh, shit. Fuck, yeah. look at all that. Happens all the time, yeah. I just, <laughs> I get him. away with, I just try to get away with subtweeting him without ever being blocked. By yeah, him. don't let him catch you. <laughs> but, like, you're not missing out on much. He literally just brags about who he blocks. Sure, sure. Uh, and he only retweets praise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he criticizes anyone. I mean, anything. He just shits on anyone that's even like reasonably critical of him. So you're not missing okay. out on much. Okay. I kind of yeah. like, yeah. Just so for those who are just like, man, why the fuck call me out? I'm like, you guys aren't missing out on much. Um, but anyway, no, he had nothing to do with Nier, and he'll make that very clear in his Twitter and block you if you <laughs> mention his name near it. Yeah, yeah, no, he really will. Goddamn. So, he did that for um, Transformers Devastation as well. Yeah, and just because it's platinum doesn't mean anything to do with sure, it. Sure, sure, and that, that, that yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was at with it. So okay, fair enough. Um, no, but like, for some of the weird aesthetic in in like the some of the questionable presentation that it has in terms of its uh, portrayal of um, of quote, unquote, sexiness. Can, can you <laughs> yeah. can you look up a female yeah. skirt? Uh, you get called out for it in an achievement, yeah. There you go. Yep. Best Japanese game. <laughs> best, best Japanese. <laughs> now I'm not saying the entire yeah. Japanese culture is about looking up skirts, but it's, a, it's a, I mean, but it's a big thing. Yeah, it is a big thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I think in terms of like how it accomplishes what it does, it like it, it's 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 how well. It, like it really, it takes all these different ideas, but like, what really, like the, the the kind of thing that that's really praiseworthy is how it optimizes them so well within its favor, and it does so without any sort of compromise to its own identity. Like, I don't play these games. I don't play this game thinking that oh, it's like it's just doing all of these other games really well. I play this game for within itself, but like when I recognize all of these little tidbits, like. I, it, it, it's definitely something that's praiseworthy. I also like it. It's got a lot of that weird, like meta uh, mechanic to it, like the way Near does. Like I don't. I mean, spoiler for the first Near, which I forget it has its own like uh, subtitle to it, but because I, I don't it's remember, it's near. like no, it's but near. like in Japanese oh, in Japan, gotcha, okay. it's yeah. a. There were two different ones, though, in Japan. On PS3 yes. and on Xbox 360, they were different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see, while we only got... PS3. I don't know which version we got. PS3 is the only one we got, I think. Or no, we got both. Yeah, PS3. No, it came out... No, I we have it on 360, but, like, it's the... I think it's, it's the, the PlayStation... 
It is, is it? the PS3 version, yeah. The, the, yeah. the Xbox 360 version had a younger protagonist. Yep. Hmm. But, like, one of the weird... Yeah, dude, it's a very... Like, Nier is just weird. Uh, it's and I, bizarre, I think it's, but... Yeah. I think there's one game... Or there's one aspect that I, lo- I want to spoil about it, and, like, I'm, I'll put the spoiler tag here. <laughs> And, like, I I say this only because I want you guys to really play this, and it's, like, not it's not something I think will affect you if you decide to dive into it, but I really, really appreciated it. The, this was actually, like, spoiled for me by someone I was watching playing it, because I was playing it, and they were much farther, but I decided to spoil it for myself. Um, you can replay the game so many ways and, and go different paths, but, like, at some point, you're taken to this omnibus path that, like, kind of incorporates that you've already replayed the game as much as you have and taken memories from those playthroughs and developed the character as such. So then when you're coming to the game with a conclusion, um, it tells you, like, this is really it. Like, if you do this and you follow this path, like, this is the end-all, be-all. So much so that... If you decide to really go through without really telling you and it just does it, it will delete all of your data for the game. So that way, when you're done beating it, that's it. Your file is gone. Holy shit. Because at least like with Hellblade, they had this mechanic where they said if you failed too many times, it would delete your game save. So it tried to like, because you're like, in Hellblade, there's a part in it, not much of a spoiler, but like you're being consumed by some kind of like, uh, darkness, some kind of, you know, something that's trying to take hold of you and take over you. Uh, you know, maybe a representation of, of, you know, mental health where something's taking over you. So you have this, like, the sickness crawling up your arm. Every time you die, a little bit of it crawls up more and more. And the mechanic was that if it happened so much that your game would be deleted. You'd have to start over. Um, kind of reminiscent also of, like, um, Steel Battalion, where if you don't eject, it nukes your game save. So, yeah, yeah, but, like, this mm-hmm. actually was, like, it was very, very, very forgiving. So, like, there's probably not a chance of it happening, but they just give you that threat of it happening just to kind of make you more concerned about your performance and how, you know, how, how you're doing through the game. But from what you're saying, George, is that once you choose that ending... It'll delete it. Like, like you yeah. are done. It deletes everything. Holy shit. So that's the first year game. So I, I want to say that. So now, like, at this point. So I also know, like. Spoilers I, done. Yeah, I know this one, the second one, will have multiple endings, I've heard as well. Right. Okay. It does have multiple endings. And these endings is, like, every time you die, you're reincarnated. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's affected not only by how you play, but how you save when you choose to save oh my God. and what you save. That's stressful. <laughs> so it just, yeah, it becomes like a different game within itself. And it's become, it's interesting because when you compare your playthroughs with people, you, you like come to uncover, like it, it's very much like uh you, you, everyone has the same start to it and they're introduced to this, but then as they dive in deeper, there's different dialogue, there's different events that take place. And it's done. So like, it very much reminds me of Chrono Trigger except it's done so way early in game than it is end game and it's done so i think much better than chrono trigger cuz whatever like like chrono trigger kind of has its own like paths that really really splinter and kind of give you that death but here in in near automata like it it oh man there's no way like it every every 
playthrough really does feel unique within the the, the person that plays it. Almost like you kind of want to say that like Mass Effect does that um really well, but I think it does that better than Mass Effect. Wow. It's just it's really but like the thing is is it is it's not as transparent as anything else. You don't You don't know, know what's happening in the background, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just it does so very well and very convincingly. I I still like I had to take a small sabbatical because it's been so much to play um in twenty seventeen, but like I've been going back and chipping away at it and every time like I kinda wanna just poop sock it just so that I can really sit down and I'm like, okay, so what happened what happened with your game and like, you know, how is your two B different from my two B? Um and even then, like the story the story's like some weird like I don't know, it's got some weird Evangelion shit going on in it, but like I I personally like I don't a lot of people have been thinking. To be that fair though, should... if if you can follow Evangelion, did you do that on purpose? Did oh, you God. do that on purpose? What? Oh my god, what? he didn't. I don't think he did. What? He said to be fair, and I'm like, I don't oh, know. Oh no, I didn't do that. <laughs> okay, motherfucker. Anyway, thanks for pointing it out. Maybe I, I know. Will take I'm. For it. <laughs> I can't help it now. It's you. Yeah, um, I know. I'm bad for that in real life too. Jeez. Um. But anyway, I. A lot of people actually want to make this game game of the year. Like it was weird. The, like when I heard like game of the year contenders, Odyssey and Breath of the Wild were a big thing, but Near Automata yeah. like was yeah. in there a well, lot. Well, also a lot like, of people wanted uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds in there, which I mean. Oh my god! Yeah. I don't even want fucking. I know. You know what? I I, I think we it's I, not finished. I, I think we as a site took a stand and did not really incorporate that. I mean, not to spoil anything, but you won't see that really that much. You will not see that on our list because it's not a full game. It's fun, it's just not like I'm sorry. Try playing that shit on Xbox One. Holy fuck, it's it is bad. It's pretty bad. enjoy your slideshow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a PowerPoint presentation. Y'all like the game. y'all like single digit frames. We got you. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. So does Arx and Raijin too, but you know that's another story. Mm-hmm. I like what you're saying about near uh, automata. Autom- you had to say it like that. Automata. Atom- automata. Automata. Yeah. Um, Persona. I want to fight for it, but I feel like we might have to fight for that later on potentially. So I don't know if I want to. I might want to save that fight. Um, Is this your hill to die on? Yeah, I think that, that that's gonna, that's gonna come up again. I think, and I think maybe that's gonna be the time to really kind of, you know, battle for that. Um, I like Yakuza mm. Zero because it's in Japan, like it's about as Japan as you can get with a lot of these games. But yeah. Nier sounds batshit crazy enough to maybe be more Japanese than than even Yakuza. Oh, dude, it's it is insanely Japanese. So like I, yeah, man, like every trope, like any, like I don't know, I couldn't. I don't think it can be done like I don't think a, a western developed version of it would, would be work. done yeah. to as succinctly as like yeah I I am all behind here on this one. So Sarah, I could see you going two different ways potentially with this mm. one. How how are you feeling about well, this category? You're right. I'm probably going to have to save my uh save my opinions for one of these titles anyways for later on. But, I think um, you and I are going to be like doing like a double clothesline kind of thing potentially later on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> might be a tag team maneuver in, in, in play soon. <laughs> you got it. 
I'll, I'll, I'll be in your corner. Gotcha. But uh, the, I, I nominated Battle Garega Revision 2016, uh, not necessarily because it's, well, obviously it's a very Japanese thing, very um, select top-down shoot-em-up. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a very it's a very relevant release because it's kind of uncommon on the Sega Saturn. It hasn't seen a very wide distribution at all, despite ironically being published by Electronic Arts uh, back in uh, 1998. Damn, I think it was 98. Anyways, um, and it's an excellent game and it's it's approachable for once. Uh, it's not as as ridiculously hard as its predecessor. But Near Automata does have everything that I'm looking for in something out of the ordinary. It's got heavy emphasis on shoot 'em up mechanics, uh, yeah, both twin stickly, top downly. It's actually multi directional in a lot of ways. It'll shift from a top down to a side scroller to a, a rail shooter. Shooters. Exactly, mm. just as I said it. <laughs> Dude, but it's. It's so good. It is an exceptional game, and I gotta, I gotta go behind your Automata. Oh, okay. So I, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I did not know that you had really played a lot of that game. So that's. I died during the tutorial. Holy Darina shit! Darina seems to really like telling people about that. Um. Well, shit. I need to play this game then because I have not. Yeah. It's. it's I, it's, I, it's, I play. I, I, the I, I, mechanics are deceptively hard. I played the demo like when that was out, but I never got into it. Um, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. So that might be one. It's awesome. Yeah. It's very very good stuff. Um. Yeah, there there are going to be times that you're that that you're going to be sitting there wondering what just happened. It's pretty epic. So so I, you're both for near. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it takes it. I, I I'll I'll stand by my Yakuza Zero nomination only because uh, I think that when six comes out and they have New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers in it, that'll be oh the dude, most the most all over the it. most yes. the most Japan game of, of that year when it comes out, which would be this year, I think, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I I'm I'm more excited about Kiwami too, to be honest. Like mm. I I I've like been wanting to get into Yakuza, and like I played the first one. I'm like, this has like some Shinmu elements, but like I hate the camera angles. It still seems really sloppy. And that's always what so it then, was supposed to be. It was kind of like a replacement to Shenmue. I mean, that's kind of yeah, what. It, yeah. And then. And then with the Zero Engine and Kiwami and, like, redoing it in a way, I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And what's great, too, is, like, uh, like Val. I have Val playing Shenmue because mm-hmm. she, like, I told her, like, this means a lot to me if you want to check it out. And she she got into it. So she's watching me playing uh, Yakuza, and she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, she's just making the parallels as I'm making it, and it's done it's done a really good way. And it's one of those games where you get as much as you get as much out of it as you put in. So um, if if I get Yakuza three, right? Is that mm-hmm. a good place to start, or do I have to start with one? I mean, zero would be the best where to start because zero is the best place to start. That is the start. Honestly, I mean, obviously, it's like the most recent it's game, a prequel. but it is a prequel mm-hmm. to everything. So I'd say zero would be a good starting point. Kiwami would be probably the next one, right? Do not yet. Please do not play. Yakuza on PlayStation Two now that Kiwami's out. Yeah. Like, and, and, then, <laughs> and then you could. Is that just like a? Is that just a remake of the first yes. one? Yes. Yes. Correct. But it's oh, okay, cool. it's it's not. It's a remastering in every sense of the word. Yeah. I like. Right. I, I I almost gave it a perfect. And I want to say they got they I, got up to five on PS3. Is that correct or did five come out for PS4? Yeah. So PS3 is only out digitally in America. Sure. Sure. Hmm. Um, and then you can get four and three physically and Dead Souls, which, um. Yeah, I can get that for ten dollars. Yeah, I mean it's it's something, I guess. It's not really, yeah, probably not necessary. Weirdo. There's like there's like a discount. 
I didn't see it like it, a, that, that's just a weird a bargain spin. store. What's weird yeah. is like they they pay tribute they to it. Dead Souls and Kiwami in a really mm. cool way. Oh, okay, um, that's kind of cool. Anyways, yeah, okay, I'll uh, I'll pick up the ones. I'm just telling you, here. like it'll 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 sink its hooks into you, like in a weird way to the point where like I've never met. Or I've never met. I've never enjoyed a game more with its sub. I like. I love side quests and yeah. like if you do them right. Oh man! But anyway, all right. I dude, near Automata. You are winner. Yeah, it gets the golden zonk. That'd be another one We're I gotta actually, play this year. <laughs> yes. We're going to go ahead and do something different that we've never done in the years prior. There is so much to talk about because 2017 was such a stellar landmark year that we're going to actually split. Um, we're going to go ahead and split this episode into two parts. So that wasn't initially the plan, but we really thought about it and talked about it in the background and thought that this should be like, you know, it's always kind of hard to sit through these big game of the year podcasts. So let's, let's just fucking split it into two parts. And so. I also feel like this hasn't been much of a debate yet. And I think that's coming. That is, coming. I, I, I think, I think that we've been kind of like, you know, on the opinion that, you know, the games that deserve it, deserve it. We've been kind of in agreement for most of the like last few categories, like the first Except half. Except when Sarah spent five minutes trying to convince us that a fucking console should but, win. But, like, game but game. I'm glad he did. Now we're evaluating how we're going to do best portable game for next year because technically every Switch game would be eligible, and that's going to be kind of crazy to yeah, shift that and filter be through crazy. all those games. So that's going to be kind of a rough one. Yeah. So now we know. I mean, especially considering how many games of note are already coming out. Yeah. It's kind of unreal. I mean, fuck, yeah. we, we're getting a new No More Heroes, so what the fuck? Like, I, I'm, that's already my nomination. <laughs> I totally forgot new about Bayonetta. that. New uh, Bayonetta? New Bayonetta. Yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot about New Bayonetta. Soon, uh, no less. Yeah. Damn, Switch. Fuck, yeah. Switch. All right, so, anyway, this has been part one of the Golden Zonkeys. If you liked what you listened to, feel free to go ahead and give us a subscribe over on iTunes. Download us. Uh, we're also on Stitcher. So you can listen to us on the Stitcher app or uh, station as well as also we're on Scatter Radio and soon to be on Spotify as that has been a forever work in progress. At the moment, I have suspended our SoundCloud, but that will be back up and running as soon as I work out uh, the new model that SoundCloud has going for us. And I am slowly but surely, uh, after I get everything organized within my external drives, we'll be putting the entire podcast library from what I can organize onto our YouTube page as well that will be available uh, with its own RSS feed. So that way you guys can also, if you choose to digest your podcast that way, which would be weird, but fuck it, I won't judge you. That will be an option. You can also uh, review us on iTunes, please, by doing so. That gives us more exposure. And also subscribe to us, not only on YouTube, but Twitch. I recently did the Extra Life uh, stream for Sonic Mania and all the other Sonic titles. Uh, damn near killed myself, but in doing so, we were able to raise around $300, which doesn't seem like much, but hey, it, it did, yeah, I didn't put a lot of planning into it like I should have. And I'm glad I was able to get uh, the money that I did. I'm glad everybody, you know, the people that did tune in and check it out for a bit. Um, I know that the stream was a bit choppy, but we're also, uh, I'm in the midst of trying to get some uh, hardware upgrades uh, in line for not only podcast, uh, podcast production, but video production. Uh, and then aside from that, there's tons of new reviews that just hit the site. Uh, more reviews are set to come. More editorial is set to come. Uh, Sarah's done an excellent piece on why a Nintendo 64 classic would be a fucking awful 
thing, and I, I'm actually in a lot of, I'm, I'm totally agreement with him, which normally me and Sarah kind of butt heads, but like yep. it's an excellent piece done by him. Um, I've also reviewed Yakuza Kiwami, uh, Windjammers, uh, Metroid, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, A Hat in Time, Sonic Mania, uh, several others. I have Cuphead, uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy, just a bunch of late ones that I still have rolling out the pipeline. Um, uh, Ease 8, Super Mario Odyssey, those uh, reviews will be like arriving late. And even then, uh, we have somebody already in mind for uh, Monster Hunter World, which will be dropping soon, as well as I will be tackling Dragon Ball Fighter Z um, and like several other uh, games. I also like uh, we have some videos in line for uh, Hollow Knight and um, fuck man, Phantom Trigger and other fucking great games that we'll be doing some coverage in a in editorial or video capacity. Uh, Real quick before we go and end this episode, Sarah's also done a lot with Bullet Heaven. Oh, yeah. Uh, last month alone, we had seven reviews hit, which is uh, at least twice as many as we normally have. Uh, all of them Switch. If, if you can imagine that, we have so many releases on the Switch. All it's the kind Switch, of unreal. All in the best portable game of the year. <laughs> Shmuppy. Yeah, exactly. They, they contributed to making the best portable game of the year the best portable game of the year. Uh, we called it Shmuppy Switch, Miss which was uh, a, f a fun impromptu block. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's still yet more to come. Uh, we have episode 200 just over the horizon, and we've got some pretty special stuff to feature for that. Um, you can catch me over on YouTube and also here on Press Pause Radio. Uh, we also, I also have a piece um, on the site uh, detailing why you need a three-foot-wide mouse pad. Oh, yes. Uh, from, and, 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 yeah. Antlion Audio. For yeah. Antlion Pro Gaming, I guess in this case here, the MM28 Uber Wide Mousepad. Read it. It's pretty pretty funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, aside from that, uh, oh, I, I actually, I don't know if I've gotten into this before, but I launched a new album late last year uh, that you should probably check out on um, smpmusic.bandcamp.com. Uh, it actually collects all of the music that was produced for uh, the Studio Mud Prince videos between 2016 and 2017. It's called 2610. So, and I, um, I just want to say that uh, unfortunately, a lot of the people that are waiting to buy it now missed out on some of those bonus tracks. It's if true. You, if yeah. you want to, you can listen to my copy. I'll let you listen to some of the bonus songs. <laughs> only snippets. I'm not gonna let you listen to the whole thing though. Yeah, it was it was only available for a month after launch, but those tracks are coming back as part of the full release of what they were supposed to be meant for, anyways. Mm -hmm. um, aside from that, though, that's pretty much all I got on this end here. Plenty more for Bullet Heaven, lots more for PPR, and uh, more music on the way. Looking forward to it, sir. Oh, streaming too. I do streams every week now. Uh, Friday night yep. we do this the Mud Prince Mega Stream. It's on both YouTube and Twitch simultaneously. Uh, so on both platforms, you can uh, you can catch us youtube.com slash Siraxer or twitch.tv slash Siraxer. Yeah. And Press Pause Radio is still trying to plan out its stream system because uh, with the new stream system that we did with uh, Extra Life, we realized that there needed to be some upgrades done with our setup. Uh, but we're planning uh, to bring back Limelight and bring back some other stuff. Uh, I still definitely would love to... Uh, bring back Game Fest and and do all the cool things we were doing there. 
Uh, but until then, this has been part one of 2017 Golden Zonkeys. Expect part two shortly after in uh, digestible bits. I'm glad we were able to do that. And this is Georgie Boy Zach's Fuck Ikea. Yeah, and uh, this is Toast. Uh, expect more from Toast in the future for part two. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is the original Sare Shmuppy Switchmas has come and gone, but uh, 20 Shmupteen is on the go. Oh, shit. You, you, you're the Shmup. I like it. Thank you.